What's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode four titled Fear and Loathing in Knox, Vegas, because tonight our guest, Drew Gilbert, he strikes fear, and everyone loads him when they have to come to Knox, Vegas to play the UT balls in baseball. But before we talk to Drew, Jim, my man, talk to me. We had an event this past weekend. How did it go? Man, it went great. Um, you know, those girls from LSU Gymnastics, Kai and Alona, are every bit of amazing as we thought. They were amazing with the uh, gymnastics uh, kids and cheerleaders that came out, the, the local people that came to support, and they were amazing. We got to go to dinner with them. They are just – I mean, I, I can't say enough about them. All right, man, that the event, just the opportunity, the people, the characters, just what we're doing for these athletes. You know, I, I tip my hat to you because you're the man generating the charge on this. And, and man, we're doing really good things. So I appreciate Alona and Kaya for, for being there and just supporting the brand all, along the way. But Speaking of supporting the brand, man, let's let's get into our show tonight. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, University of Tennessee star and bat flip specialist Drew Gilbert. All right, Drew, my man, how we doing tonight? Doing good. How we doing? How's everyone doing? We we are blessed as always. Before we get into this interview, man, I gotta. I think it's only only right and only fitting to wish you a a belated happy birthday. So, I know Monday was a big day for you. Um, if you don't mind the folks knowing, how old are you? I'm 21 now. Oh. It's a big day oh, for yeah. you. Big day. Um, you had a a few days to to rest and relax and, and and get yourself back together. But anything special happen or just another typical day uh, for your birthday? No, just another typical day. I mean, we had a you know practice and a lift, and I mean that took up the majority of the day. You know, including class in the morning. So you know, I was pretty uh, pretty beat down after that, and went and got some dinner, I guess, and. After that, I mean, it was time to uh, hit the hay. Hey, I don't blame you. That's that's a full day, man. And 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 being a an athlete your caliber, you got to have sleep. Got to be ready to to grind out that next day, man. And and that's that's what we're gonna dig into tonight. Um, but take me back. I want to start in in Stillwater, Minnesota. Um, you're a little guy growing up in Minnesota. What what? The city of Stillwater, what's it like? Is it a big city? Like, where is it located in Minnesota? All right, so it is like 30 minutes east of Minneapolis, and it's right on the Wisconsin-Minnesota border. So it's on the river that separates uh, the two states. And it, it's not like a it's not like a city city, like, uh, like a Minneapolis or a St. Paul. 
but I mean, it's a relatively big, you know, like suburb to say. I got you. Is the, is the water still or is it bubbly? <laughs> uh, depends on, uh, you know, that's a great question. I might have to, next time I go back, I'll take a look. Yeah. Well, when we bring you back on this, that's the first question I'm asking. It'll be All a follow up. Right. I'll have an answer for you. Nice. Nice. All right. So, you know, from Stillwater, um, I mean, for us guys in the mid South and I'm currently in Florida, like that's basically Canada to us. So, um, you know, what is it like, you know, growing up there? Is there a lot of sports to be played? Is it dependent upon the season, uh, the weather, what sports did you play and, and, how did it work? How did the seasons flow for you? Yeah, man. I mean, the, the best way I can describe Minnesota is so like six months out of the year, it's literally freezing. I mean, like I'm talking temperatures that like you never want to be a part of like incredible amounts of snow. So like as a baseball player, I mean, you're, you're stuck in indoor facilities like half the year. Right. And I mean, hockey's, you know, the biggest thing in Minnesota um, I mean, it's not even close other sports. So kind of growing up up there, it's like baseball isn't that big of a deal. Um, you know, I grew up playing football a little bit, uh, up until like my junior year in high school, but I mean, ever since I was five, I've just been playing baseball. So I guess I didn't really, you, know, you come down here to the South, like you said, I mean, baseball's, I mean, way bigger deal. Same with football than it is up North or up in Minnesota. So let me, let me ask you this. When you, so you talk about the weather and you're saying like you, you're pigeonholed to being indoors most of the time when it comes to or half the year when it comes to baseball. Uh, when you say that you basically were a baseball guy growing up, was that, um, you know, with hockey being so big, was you being a baseball player like a weird thing to people or is baseball just as big of a sport, you know, or an option and people are like, oh, yeah, you, you play baseball. That's cool too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't definitely, I wouldn't say it was like, you know, weird at all because I had um, growing up a ton of, you know, friends who were huge hockey players that, you know, once they were done with hockey season, they would jump right into baseball. So, um, I mean, obviously it wasn't as big as hockey, but that was like their second sport. So I wouldn't say it was a weird thing. Um, I mean, I guess I was, wasn't, I was one of few that, you know, like baseball was my main sport, you know. So you got you got mom, you got dad, you got two sisters, you got a brother. Um, where do you fit in? Are you the oldest? Are you in the middle? Are you the youngest? Yeah, so I'm the second oldest. I have uh, one of my sisters like a year and a half older than me, and then a uh, younger brother who's a senior now, and then a younger sister who's a junior now in high school. Got you. So, you know, growing up, was it was there some I feel like there with that that many kids, you know, and and you know, I did my research now. Mom was a gymnast at Ball State. Dad played soccer at Bethel. So like athleticism is bred into the family. Like, was there a lot of competition between the brothers and sisters in the in the house? I mean, there's definitely just an overall competitive nature. It's kind of kind of bred in all of us. But I mean, we all play different sports. Like, uh, you know, my older sister, she was a diver all throughout high school and then my younger brother played soccer ran track or runs track and then my younger sister is a gymnast so 
I mean, we all, you know, branched off in different sports, but I mean, there was definitely, you know, each of us has like a certain level of competitiveness, definitely from our parents. All right. I have a, I have a feeling that you're an honest and trustworthy person. So I'm going to ask you this question with, with the understanding that you're going to give me the honest answer okay. out of mom, dad, two sisters and a brother, who's the most athletic in the family. And you kind of, kind of put your parents in their prime and brothers and sisters in their prime. Like who is the most athletic? Is this including myself? This is including yourself. I have to say myself then. I have hey, to. I mean, there you go. If you if, want an honest answer. That's what I would say. Hey, you got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. So I, I can, I can, respect that answer that's, that's a good answer and honestly it's probably the right answer um with everything that we've seen from you um so baseball guy are you playing you know i know you you were on the bump you're in the outfield but as you're learning the game growing up as a kid are you a pitcher are you an infielder are you an outfielder or are you just playing wherever coach says to play because you're just that damn good i mean when i was like young young like 10 11 you know it's just kind of go wherever you're told and um you know as you kind of get older i mean you i'm short obviously not gonna play first base so i mean start transitioning to the outfield and still pitching and you know it's funny because in high school actually i mean i i was convinced i was going to be a pitcher like the rest of my career like I, there was no doubt in my mind like if there was a focus i had in the off season it was you know pitching and you know i i guess you know, I had, you know, tools as a hitter, but I never really like, uh, you know, tapped into them or like truly like worked on them. So uh, it's kind of interesting how um, you know, I kind of flipped. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, you know, it's really as a kid and, and we have guys all the time come on here and they're just like, I just played whatever sport I could. I wanted as much experience and whatever. And then we have a couple guys that are just outliers. And they're like, no, I played this sport, this sport only. And I was good when I started. And I just continued to get better and better. So it's pretty interesting, you know, your, your take on that. So at what point do you transition into, all right, I'm starting to be better than kids on these these other league teams. Now I need to ratchet up and be on a travel team and start playing higher competition was that mm-hmm. high school or was that you know towards you know middle school before you get to high school that you're, mm-hmm. you're playing travel ball yeah that was I mean honestly like that was probably like my freshman sophomore year in college when I like really I mean kind of started to realize that like okay I could I might be able to do something with this you know I um, mean you know, obviously I I was always pretty talented growing up but I mean, it, when you're super young, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but kind of as I kept progressing, um, you know, around ninth, 10th grade, I was kind of like, all right, well, maybe I should start, you know, looking into some travel ball options and, you know, taking this a little more seriously. Yeah, is travel ball, because you talked about, you know, six months out of the year being so cold, you know, down south, you know, travel ball takes place in the off season um, from school ball. And so, kids are playing year round. So is that something that's a little harder to do with where you live? Actually, I mean, we're pretty fortunate up there. We have, uh, there's a bunch of good travel ball programs. I mean, basically because, you know, it's so cold up there all the time. There's so much snow. 
Um, you know, there, I played for an organization, uh, Blizzard Baseball, from like, I don't know, eighth, no, probably younger. It was probably like uh, when I was like 13 all the way through uh, the rest of my high school career. And I was able to, you know, in the winter, we were able to go to tournaments and in the fall and, you know, even summer ball, um, you know, I was able to go to um, tournaments, in Georgia, Texas, all over the South and the rest of the country. And I was able to get, you know, the same amount of exposure that, you know, a kid from the South was able to get. So you know, I'll, be, up there. I'll be honest, Drew, if you came down to Florida and I, and my team got beat by the blizzard from Minnesota, I'd be pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. I, I would start questioning everything that I've done. Yeah. Cool. Um, don't blame you. <laughs> well, well, speaking of pissed off, I've I've been to Minnesota one time for one day, Drew, yeah. and it was I was stationed in Chicago, and we decided we wanted to go check it out, and uh, I felt like hell froze over there, and uh, yeah. I never wanted to go back. Uh, December was a bad time to choose to go there. Should have went when it was warmer. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of that wind chill. Uh, but count me count me out on Minnesota. Uh-huh. No, it's it. I'll tell you this though: the summer is absolutely perfect. I'm talking like no humidity, like 70, 80 degrees. I mean, Minnesota summers are unbelievable, but I, those winters, I mean, they'll, they'll scar you a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. So, where did you go to high school in Minnesota? So I went to Stillwater High School. Is that a big school or a small school? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big school. Gotcha. All right. And so, you know, we, we sit here and talked about, you know, you're, you're a pitcher and, you know, I'm looking up all these statistics for you in high school and it's just crazy, right? Because I don't know you until you're on the college scene, which, you know, Randy will get into you with you later, but like, I just think as you as this dude who's, you know, hitting bombs. And then I'm looking at these, you know, pitching statistics and I'm like, holy crap, like you were amazing on the bump. So like, Let's talk about it. Um, you know, the first stats it starts to talk about is, you know, you as a sophomore, and it, it already shows you as a hitter. It's, you know, it shows that you were batting 333, but you posted a .66 ERA. So, um, you know, it doesn't have anything freshman year. Did you get any time freshman year or sophomore year when you really started to crank it up? Yeah, yeah sophomore year was my first year of uh, varsity baseball. All right. And so, you know, um, with it saying the point six, six ERA, you know, how many games did you get? Did you get a lot of work in as a sophomore? Uh, On the mount. So I actually, as a sophomore, I played more in the field. I didn't maybe had like 10 innings as a sophomore, but I mean, I made a a pretty big jump physically from my sophomore to my junior in high school. Gotcha. And then you said you played football as well up until I think you said your junior year. So, um, what was it like, you know, managing both sports did, you know, did you find any benefit from playing the two or was football kind of holding you back in baseball? I mean, it, so I would play, so I played football in the fall and I was also playing fall baseball. So it's it kind of hard to like, um, you know, manage that schedule, but I mean, I love football. I wish, you know, I wish I could go back and play again. Um, you know, when I actually, when I played though, I was pretty, uh, I was a lot skinnier, so I mean, I I wasn't as good as I maybe would have been, you know, a little bigger. But I mean, I I would be I think I'd be an idiot to say it didn't help me. I mean, just that level of like you know competing like the whole game, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's something you could definitely translate over to baseball. 
Yeah, I mean, you had a conversation before this episode talking about, you know, Landon Sims said the same thing as a, as a football player, that the competitive drive that you take over with you to baseball, and we see that intensity. That's why I'm surprised that you didn't play hockey because you seem like somebody who might like to, to hit some folks up against the mm-hmm. glass. <laughs> no, that yeah, I mean, that would be pretty fun. All right, so then let's get into it. Um, you know, junior year, you were 6-1 and one with a .67 ERA, had 100 strikeouts and 55.2 innings, also batted 400. It's interesting because it says one home run, and I picture you with one home run, and it just baffles me. But needless to say, the pitching stats were, were off the charts. So junior year, it seems like you really, you know, started to develop and come into your own. Talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the offseason before that, actually so I broke a rib my first rib so it's actually the rib that runs like straight up and down and I mean when you break rib you really aren't able to do any sort of lifting like there's just not anything you can do because it's such a central location and I was out for you know a couple months and at that time I was like this height and like 130 pounds so I'm super skinny I mean I was very like super athletic though like I mean, I can move really well, but I'm like, all right, I want to, you know, make the jumps that, you know, I want to, I need to add some weight. So jumped up to like 165 and then started lifting again. And then I got in, um, you know, got in shape pretty quickly. And I mean, putting on that weight kind of, I don't want to say transformed or jump started, but um, I mean, I, I progressed quicker than I ever, you know, progressed and made jumps that I've never made. Um, you know, that helped me in literally every aspect of, uh, you know, my game. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, did you hit, uh, you know, was that around a time where you hit a growth spurt as well when you were, you know, cause a lot of guys hit it around that age. Did that, did that occur? No, I think I've honestly like probably been this height or like really close <laughs> to it since like sophomore year. Yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've grown at all. <laughs> I got you. And so um, if I got these years correctly, is junior year the also the same year that y'all would win the uh, the state championship? Uh, yeah, that was the year. All right. So uh, I see that, you, you know, y'all, you're, y'all won the, the class four state A championship. It says that you threw a complete game shutout in the in the title game, only allowing three hits, striking out 15 batters. I mean, talk to me about that experience. That seems like that's electrifying. Yeah, I mean that was that was really cool. Uh, we actually we played at Target Field, Twin Stadium, which was I mean that's surreal being a junior in high school. You're playing on a big league field. You're like, well, what's going on? Um, you know, to be honest, I don't really remember much from the game. I was kind of like, I don't want to say blacked out, but pretty zoned in. Um, but I mean that that was cool. I'll never forget that. That was that'll be something that'll stay with me forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this may be the easy question, but was that your favorite season in high school? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, yeah, you know, if it ends like that, I feel like it's um, it's hard to beat for sure. Well, the reason I ask is, you know, a lot of people, it's uh, a lot of athletes, it's their senior year, you know, it's, it's their final year. But for you, for you and your team, you know, winning a title in your junior year and then all the accolades that came with it for you, you know, all state, all conference, you know, all Metro and uh, Gatorade player of the year finalists. It seems like everything just that that year just all came together perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've never been the best in anything in my life, Drew. It has you ranked and I, I know you downplayed mm-hmm. Minnesota in the beginning, 
but is the number one player in the state of Minnesota, 77th nationally, um, the number 10 ranked left-handed pitcher. Like, I mean, um, clearly, you know, it, people thought the world of you. And, like, how does it make you feel when you see those kind of reigning rankings and, and you see that those, those, you know, experts believe that much in you? Yeah, I mean, you're lying if you don't think it's cool. Like anyone who tries to downplay that, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you're lying. Everyone thinks it's cool. It's cool to see your name on all that stuff. But it's like, you know, I, I can either, my mentality is like, yeah, that stuff is cool. But like, does it really mean anything once the game starts? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all about, you know, getting better every single day. Because I mean, if I just get content with that, I mean, everyone's just going to pass you up. Because And if you're up on those lists, everyone wants to beat you. So, uh, you know, my mentality has just been, you know, acknowledge it. Like, yes, it's cool. You know, I don't want to ignore it, but, you know, I also have to understand that like with that, you know, means I just got to continue to find ways to keep getting better. Yeah, no doubt. So my question would be, you know, you're doing all this work in high school. You mentioned that you were playing club or travel ball, you know, around what time did colleges start approaching you? And was it because of high school or travel ball or both? So, uh, it was my sophomore year in high school. Uh, it was kind of that summer, uh, you know, cause of summer ball a little bit. Um, you know, I got some exposure and there's this deal called the, uh, PBR futures games that I went to. And, uh, I mean, that was, that was a pretty big event. Um, just, you know, all the college coaches that are there and uh, I was able to do that. And after that, you know, started getting some calls from some schools and that's kind of where it uh, picked up. All right. So what was the top three, you'd say schools that you were really looking at? So initially uh, after that, it was like Oregon state uh, TCU and then like Arizona. And I had committed to Oregon state uh, at the time Um I mean, and that was at the time, that was a pretty easy decision for me. Um, you know, they were super good, had a long history of winning. Um, so at the time, I guess it was an easy decision. Was, it, was that right after they came off the College World Series? It was the year before. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So those were your three, but you, you, you committed there, but obviously you didn't go there. You went to Tennessee. So how did that come about? So, uh, uh, coach Vitello, um, let's kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh, so that PBR futures game event, he actually, that was like a month after he got the Tennessee job. And, uh, you know, he started recruiting me after that. And, um, you know, initially, I mean, I didn't really know anything. He had just got there and, um, you know, Tennessee hadn't really been good for a while. And I just kind of like, you know, I didn't really think about it that much and almost kind of blew him off in a sense. And, uh, you know, decommitted going actually the summer of my senior year in high school and he reached out again and um you know I there's just something about like like this is interest like it just seemed like the same you know like nothing had changed and you know took a visit there and you know I I've, I always say like you know kids in high school like you when you know you know after like visiting somewhere and you know it just felt right and like I mean they're just so like upfront and honest about like uh, you know what they're trying to do and who they are and you know that's super important to me because I don't really like I don't like BS I mean I don't really like being told like uh, you know or schools would say oh you're gonna do this like you'll come in and play right away and I don't want to hear that I mean I 
because that's you don't know that like what if i come in and suck i'm not going to play then i just want to be i just want to be told that you'll get fair opportunity you know and you have to earn what you get so that was really important and big with uh coach v and his staff man drew i, I want you to hear something because mm-hmm. you know i to me it sounds like the the very first approach Tony V had with you, you big time, man. You, you you gave him the cold shoulder. So, so let yeah, me play this. I guess let, I did a little bit. Yeah, let me let me play this for you, and tell me what you think about it afterwards. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I just try to think of it as you know, I just, I'll do whatever I can. Whether it's pitching, base running, hitting, playing in the outfield, um, you know, whatever you ask me to do, I'm gonna do. What's your preference? Uh, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So, so that was a question that was asked by, you know, one of the on-campus media people. And they basically they were asking about Tony V and, and what he allows you guys to do. And, and basically you, you answered him. He, he allows us to be whoever we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so how is it, you know, that you, you big time that guy, that guy just lets you be you, man. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, definitely someone I, uh, regret looking back on it. Um, but I mean, that's, it's true. I mean, he lets you be who you are. Um, I mean, that's, I just feel like that's such an important thing as a coach. Like he doesn't try to, you know, you know, mold you into someone you're not, you know, he just wants you to, you know, compete hard and play hard and be who you are. Don't try to be someone you're not. And that's important to me too. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, he coaches that way too, right? I mean, he's, he's kind of up in your face. I mean, we saw him run, jump into the stands. Mm-hmm. He's intense. When he's talking to umpires, I mean, Lord yep. knows that, that I, I love seeing it as a fan. I can only imagine what it's like playing for a guy like that. No, that's awesome. I mean, he matches our intensity. Absolutely. You know. And I, when I was talking to these guys about when you guys were going on your run, if there was a, a lot of the guys on the team kind of mirrored him, the whole team did. But if there was a player that I thought matched intensity, you guys just seemed like a perfect fit for each other because you're super intense on the field. You know, mm-hmm. some people had some problems. I'm sure you saw some. Um, you know, people saying stuff about bat flips or whatever, but Tony Vitello never had a problem with that. It was like, hey, man, the kid, he's having fun playing the game he loves. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't – I literally can't say enough about him. And, I mean, obviously, yeah. I love him to death. I mean, I would do anything for him. Um, you know, and bat flip to the moon, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you did. I'm not sure that bat ever landed. No, I mean, to be honest, I don't really remember much of that moment. So uh, – I remember it all for you. Well, well, here, here you go, Drew. This, this right here, this is for you. I, I, have, seen it. I have seen. I will say that I have seen it. <laughs> I, I, I want you to relive this. Okay. Tonight is one for four with a single and a third and one score. Yeah, what a call. What a moment. Man, I got chills just listening to it, man. I I wasn't even there. I didn't I didn't even have a clue. I was watching some other game to be honest. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest, Ole Miss takes the claim for being the, the TikTok sensations, Randy, but all the videos that people made with Drew's walk-offs, dude, those were more fun than anything they were doing down there in Oxford. Well, and that's that's the game of baseball too, right? I mean, you guys had not played well in that game. I mean, I was I was kind of pissed at you guys to be honest. I was like, "What are we doing here?" And then, 
to get there and have that moment was just, I mean, it was literally like riding a roller coaster. Absolutely. I mean, right state, people understand they are good. Oh, like yeah. they can swing the bat. People, yeah. I don't think anyone like like fans wise, like understands that they are an elite level hitting team. Randy, before you get into all things Tennessee, I do want to say one thing because y'all kept talking about Coach V. You know, going to the Tennessee game, I don't think I've ever been to a sporting event where I've seen so many people wearing the jersey or shirt of a coach. Oh, he's quite the ladies' favorite. I've noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, he was at the Tennessee football game, and there was all kinds of girls posting pictures of him. And that's that's probably why I didn't watch the game. I can't have my lady watching that. <laughs> uh, I'll second that for you. That is true. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so taking it back just a little bit, you know, you you get on camp, you commit. Obviously, you know, you listen, you heard him out, and he sold you on what they were trying to build. And obviously, we'll get into you know the what process and what that all look like once it started taking place but just talk about first day on campus your emotional state and I mean you're coming from Minnesota to East Tennessee was there a culture shock or was did you fit right in from day one yeah I mean um you know obviously things are different down south but you know I I didn't I wouldn't say there's much of a culture shock for me um you know I'm, I'm pretty good with just kind of going doing what I'm told and you know going wherever I have to go and um you know, I mean, I kind of understood, like, all right, this is – these are my teammates and these are my coaches, and this is where I'm going to be, you know, living for, you know, three, four years. So, um, for me, it's just kind of jump right in and, you know, buy into whatever, you know, we're doing here. Yeah, so you're on campus or whatever. Obviously, I've been to Knoxville a, a trillion times. Beautiful campus, a lot of walking, man. Hills, man. You get your cardio in just walking on that campus. Hills, hills. No doubt. So – you got to get acclimated. How far in advance were you on campus before you started practicing and stuff with the team? Uh, it might have maybe like a week, honestly. It wasn't that it wasn't that long. So, because I wasn't able to come in in like the summer when all the other freshmen uh, come in, uh, so I came like right before the semester started. I got you. So that first day at practice was that. I mean, what you know, obviously you've been playing baseball your whole life. That's nothing different. But I mean, just talk about the emotions of that. I mean, you knew you were going to play somewhere. But I mean, did you, I mean, that did you just gel right away or was there like a process there for the team? Yeah. I mean, there's always a, you know, like a process for every year. Cause you know, you have new freshmen coming in and guys that got drafted or left. Um, so, you know, it takes a little bit of time just kind new of coach like, all together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, you know, you're lying if you say you aren't nervous as a freshman, like when you get there, like you, it's just not, it's impossible not be, you know, but I mean, you, we practice so much, you know, that you just, you just stop getting nervous and you take so many reps that it's like, you know, why be nervous at this point? No, absolutely. So talking about that practice, what was there a difference? Obviously you've been playing showcases and travel ball and doing all that. Was there a learning curve as far as the level of competition that you're practicing against, against your own team? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, there's always, for sure. There's definitely, you know, an adjustment. I mean, from high school the division one level but um you know i've always growing up i was like you know i've been one to you know practice really hard work really hard you know so like that transition wasn't as hard for me you know i was kind of fortunate you know people have helped me throughout my high school career to teach me you know how to work hard and all that stuff um so i, I mean i'm an intense person too so like the level of intensity wasn't um you know too big of a transition but the heat I'll tell you that the heat was, I, I was not ready for that. That was a transition. 
man, if you think it's hot there, you got to come down here where we're at. No, I know. I mean, it was like, it'd be like 95 and humid on turf. And I'm like, this is oh, yeah. crazy. So that was and a that, massive adjustment. But see, at least in Knoxville, y'all get like a winter. There's like in, well, especially where Daniel is in Florida, but in Memphis, we don't really get winters, man. Yeah. See, I'm used to like in Minnesota, like September, October, like start to cool down. It'd be like 50, 60 degrees and like, you know, nice weather, you know, sweatshirt, pants. September and October here, I mean, it's, it can be blazing hot. So I was Absolutely. not ready for that. Yeah, so you, you get into your freshman year. Obviously, you're still – you're kind of a two-way. You're pitching, playing outfield. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll get into the shortened season. But when you start playing, you really kind of find immediate success. I don't think you, just judging by what we've heard and judging by watching you play, I don't think you were surprised by that. But was there ever a moment that you thought in your mind when you're playing a game like, oh, I belong here. I'm, I'm good enough to succeed D1. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, honestly, probably the first day I got, I got there. I mean, um, just kind of understanding that you, I mean, I could, you know, I may not have been as good or as polished as a lot of the guys there yet, but I, like, I knew I was going to be eventually, um, you know, I, I've always been pretty confident in myself internally. So, you know, I didn't really doubt it myself or, you know, I, I always knew that like, I'm, I will make sure I'll do anything I can that, you know, as a freshman, I'm like, I'll do, there will be no way that like, I won't play. I'm going to, you know, I'll work that hard to get to that point. So at that point, your freshman year, are you more amped on days that you're pitching or do you like playing outfield at that time? Cause you said you thought you were going to be a pitcher forever. Yeah. At that time I was still like 50, 50, like, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know I was just like still doing both at like the same level. Like there was like each was like still like super intense. So, yeah. No doubt. So you get in, I think, Western Illinois. You strike out the side, man. So, I, I look, judging, we've seen your intensity. I'm sure – are you are you fist pumping? I mean, what, what are we doing? Are you hyped up? Uh, I don't think – I mean, we were up pretty big at that point. It was like, it might have been like the ninth inning or something like that, and I think we were up almost 20 runs. So, <laughs> I have a little bit of feel there in that sense. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously I had a ton of adrenaline pumping because I think it was my first outing, but, um, I mean – no, I, was, I was pretty uh, chill for that moment, I guess. So going, taking it back just a little bit, going into your freshman year, what did Coach V, what are the expectations of the team? I mean, obviously, you're meshing new guys, new staff, everything. And a lot of people not talking about Tennessee is like a contender for the SEC at this point. I mean, what were you guys' expectations? I mean, uh, going into the year, I don't think, you know, we necessarily set any sort of expectation, like, you know, wins-wise or, you know, goal-wise. I think it was just like, we understood we needed to get a lot better. Like, I mean, even, you know, coming in as a freshman and, you know, knowing what happened the year before, like, you know, I don't think there's any, there was any point in setting any expectations or setting any goals until we kind of understood what we had as a team and, you know, where we could fit in. And, you know, once spring kind of rolled around, we kind of started to understand that, all right, you know, we you know we're better than we were last year. And, you know, and then we could start talking about, you know, maybe some expectations or, you know, what this team could accomplish. But I think it was just, when I came in, it was just, all right, let's just get better every single day and see where this leads us. Yeah, so then, you know, obviously you get your first win against Stanford. I mean, you're hitting the ball well, 350. I mean, you know, RBIs, you're doing your thing. And you guys aren't losing. I think, what, you guys lose one game? Yeah, I think we lost a couple games. Yeah, so, yeah, lose a couple games. And then 
obviously COVID happened. So just kind of walk us through where you guys are as a team. We've talked to some of your teammates about that. You guys kind of get it rolling, and then you start believing in yourself, obviously internally. But then you're setting expectations. Is it then, hey, let's go compete for the SEC? Let's go to Omaha. What's the expectation then? Uh, you mean like one before quarantine hit? Yeah, before you had to go into quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we were – you know, we were – I mean, I don't want to say we were riding the high, but we were very – very confident that going into SEC play that we could, you know, kind of take some people by surprise and I guess other people by surprise and um, make some noise in the SEC. I guess we'll, you know, never be able to find out or know if we would have, but um, I mean, we, we were pretty confident going into uh, SEC play. Yeah. Then I would just kind of talk us through where you were, obviously, you know, you're, uh, you're a freshman, you're, quarantine hits the pandemic starts and all of a sudden it's just like hey you're, i think you guys were getting on the bus is what i, I think i remember hearing and uh mm -hmm. you know you get called off the bus and at that moment i don't think anybody really understood the magnitude of what's going on you hear some games getting canceled but where are you guys at and where's your mental state at when all of a sudden games are canceled and you don't even know if you're going to have a season yeah i mean it was kind of like a slow progression like, all right this is canceled and this is canceled and then the, you know the whole shebang got canceled but you know at the time you're just kind of like what in the world, like, like never in a million years would I have thought like a, you know, a pandemic would be happening when I'm alive, like, or like, let alone when I'm in college, you know, playing baseball. Um, so I think there's a lot of shock and you know, honestly, you know, anger, but I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, which is kind of the worst part, right? Like, um, you know, there's nothing you can do to change it and, um, you know, it sucks, but, um, you know, we all had to go through it. No doubt. So, but for an intense guy like you, I figure I, I just picture that bothering a guy like you even more because you're hungry to compete. You know, you're looking to really make some noise and it's your freshman year. But when I talk about mental state, I just mean like that, that's your first time. I'm mean, obviously you've traveled, but I mean, you're now you're living, you know, kind of down south. You're away from your family. How long did you guys stay on campus after the pandemic started? I mean, we had to move out of our dorms like within a week or something like that. So, I mean, it was pretty, it might not even been a week. It might have been like a weekend. Um, so we were out of there pretty quickly and, uh, you know, I, let's see, I actually went down to, cause, okay. So there was a period where the season wasn't canceled, but it was like, uh, just postponed for like two weeks. So went down with a teammate, Jordan Beck, went down to Alabama with him where he lives like three hours away, much closer than Minnesota. Cause I figure I, you know, I'll just be closer if we can get back going. And then, um, you know, the season ended up getting canceled and, I was actually fortunate enough to stay in Knoxville with a couple other teammates who lived off campus who were, you know, juniors and seniors and uh, they let me live with them. And um, we were able to still work out at a facility and train and do all that stuff because up home in Minnesota, they had shut down all that stuff. So, oh, yep. Yeah, man, it was tough for, for everybody. And obviously not even just being athletes. I don't think any of us knew how to navigate that. Obviously we've never been through that in our lifetime. I don't even think our parents had been through something like that. Maybe our grandparents, mm -hmm. but so obviously you guys, uh, you know, when it gets shut down for good, you're still doing your workout, doing your thing, but now you don't even know if there's going to be a sophomore year. Cause who knows when this pandemic's going to end, but you're still doing things, staying ready. So you don't have to get ready. Right. Mm -hmm. So going into the fall, you guys obviously had proven to yourselves that, hey, we can win games. We're a lot better than we were. So then did you guys put expectations? Not, I don't mean a win. Hey, we're going to make it to Omaha. We're going to do this. I just mean, like, did you believe in yourself a lot more than the, the team did the year before? Yeah, I mean, 100, 100%. I mean, going into that fall, it was like, all right, we, you know, we, we know we can be pretty good. Now we just have to, you know, 
honestly just go back it up, right? And I mean, you know, that at that point it was like whether we talked about it or not. I mean, we all knew in our head what we were where we were trying to go. Um, you know, obviously Omaha, we hadn't been to Omaha in what 15, 16 years or wherever it was. And I mean that let's be honest, it, something like that, that's that's something you want to be a part of. You want to be, you know, the team that you know did it when no one had done it in you know 17, 16 years. So I mean that was definitely uh definitely something we thought about and kind of expected at that point. Look man, you guys got Tony V a lot of money. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no well, doubt. Uh, he, he would that's he would never say that. No, uh, no, he, of course not. No coach is going to do that. No, he's uh, I mean, he's the reason we're at the school. So, there's oh, the, no, uh, doubt. no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the man. No doubt. So, you, the sophomore year, you're the only player to appear in all 68 games, 67 start. You're second on the team in RBIs, third on the team in hits. And obviously, we're going to get into the home runs. But I got to ask you, man. I mean, obviously, every player is going to say they live for the moment, but it seemed like you had these bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth go ahead runs. That's where you really seem to really thrive. Is that so, what do you do to get yourself ready for that moment, or is that just what you were born to do? Um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I feel like I've found a you know pretty good way at like you know, because in that type of moment, everyone's adrenaline is through the roof, right? And, you know, I'm a pretty high energy player too. And I've found a way to kind of like, I want to be like, you know, everyone's jacked up. I want to be the one that's like calm. And then it helps me like operate in a situation like that when there's super high intensity and everyone's freaking out. Um, you know, I found a way to kind of like slow my heart rate and um, just calm myself. And that, that's helped me a lot in those so, situations. Are you thinking about like the snow or something in Minnesota? Are you like watching a snowstorm? <laughs> I mean, what's, I mean, I got to know because I mean, you're coming up in the biggest moments of at this point your career and some of these times. How do you get your heart rate? You don't have to tell me your secrets, but man, I mean, I don't even have to deal with stuff like this. I'm going to tell you what the biggest thing for me is like when I'm staring down my three year old and he's got like a bag of chips, man. So I can't slow my heart rate down. <laughs> no, I mean, like to be honest with you, like in those types of situations, you can think about all the things that could go wrong or, you know, what are the, what's the worst possible outcome? But I mean, I, the, I don't think about anything else, but getting the job done. Like there's, I, there's never a thought in my mind that it's not going to go the way I want it to, if that makes sense. And no, absolutely. I'm tricking myself into thinking that, um, you know, cause there's definitely times where I haven't, you know, I haven't come through in a situation like that throughout my life. And, you know, whether, I don't know what tricks my mind into doing that, but I mean, whether it's just self-confidence, but that, that's probably the biggest thing that helps me in that situation mentality was. Oh, no doubt, man. And that, well, I tell my daughter all the time, she's a travel ball player. And I tell her all the time that the greatest players that have ever done this only succeed three out of 10 times. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's, it's definitely a mentality thing. And I'm, I'm gonna have her go back and listen to this episode so she can hear a guy that's actually done it. Say that. Yeah. I mean, like why, and I'm, you know, when I'm in that type of moment too, it's like, why wouldn't I want to be in this moment? Like, isn't this what you, isn't you, Growing up, you want this opportunity, right? Absolutely. You can't ever, you know, do something like that if you don't even get the opportunity. So, I mean, just even being in that opportunity, I'll take it every single time, whether I fail or whether I succeed. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure your teammates would want you up there too. So you said it was your 50-50, your freshman year on what pitching and and, and, and in the outfield. Uh, sophomore year, you still do pitch some, but do you start still throwing bullpens on your days off or are you kind of doing that less and less? I uh, started doing it less and less throughout the year. 
was there a conversation had by the coaching staff and you just like, hey, I think I'm going to transition? Or did they say, hey, we want you to transition? Uh, I mean, there wasn't really any like direct conversation. I think it was just kind of rolling with what was, I mean, kind of working. I mean, I think we both kind of understood where it was kind of transitioning to. And, um, you know, at that point, it's just, you know, we're not, I'm not going to, they're not going to try to force me out there to pitch when, you know, we're rolling out, you know, the same six guys every weekend and we're winning games. Like, I mean, like, I like playing every day. I love playing outfield. I, mean, I feel like you have to be, it forces you to be like locked in every pitch, you know, and, um, you know, it makes you, I don't know. I just, I enjoy it. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, I can be out there every day. One thing that I talked to uh, one of your teammates about uh, was you being in the outfield. When you catch a ball, if a guy even looks like he's going to tag or go to the next base, you are humming that ball. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I got to ask you, man, what is there a better feeling than when you do throw a guy out when he's trying to take a base from you? That's a good question. I don't think there is in the outfield. Maybe like robbing a home run, yeah. but that's about it. Other than that, I mean, it's it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, no doubt. So kind of going through before the SEC play, obviously, you know, you're hitting RBIs, you're hitting grand slams, home runs, you're really kind of hitting your stride. But then – I think a lot of people were still doubting Tennessee because I know because I was reading it and they're like, look, we'll see what they're made of when they play LSU, you know, because they came in with a ton of dude justified, right? They're a good program, legendary manager. So you come into that series and that's really the one where I think Tennessee put themselves on the map, including you. Mm -hmm. Um, So just talk about what you guys mentality was going in. Did you guys view it the same way? Like we got to win this series to make people respect us. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. We were still out there looking, you know, for our respect and um, you know, we, LSU is a great team, young, young team. They have literally superstars up and down that lineup. And I mean, we knew they were going to be tough, but I mean, we knew that at this point, you know, they had to come to us. So, you know, it's not, we knew at that point it wasn't, you know, them being like, Oh, we get to play Tennessee in like a good way. It was, it was starting to transition to the point where it's like, all right, we have to go to, you know, go to Knoxville. It's not necessarily, the place you want to go if you want to win three games. So in the LSU game, tying game two, you know, there, there are a lot of, a lot of talk is being made about the fans, but you had a double in the ninth before a walk-off, you know, an extra inning. So at that point, was that your biggest home run of the season? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, to do it against a team like LSU, a legendary program, um, yeah, it was a pretty cool moment for me. I wouldn't be lying if I said it wasn't, and especially to win the series, I guess, take the first two, um, especially. So that game – had to uh, got like delayed it, and then we started that next Sunday morning, and we were down. So it was, I mean, it was a cool little like, you know, transition from, you know, because they had the lead that Saturday night when it got, you know, cut short. So I mean, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. So obviously, going through you know the SEC season, you guys are beating you know good teams. You're beating Alabama. You're beating Florida. Just fast forward in a little bit, you get into the SEC tournament. And I think a lot – and everybody's taking you guys serious now, now obviously, right? You've, you've proven yourself. You've done your thing. A lot of your teammates have done their thing. So you play Mississippi State, two hits and two RBIs for you. Obviously, Mississippi State, very talented team. You, you talked about one of their players before we came on about how much respect you had for him and Landon Sims. So just talk about what that win was like because you guys looked like you couldn't be beat that day. Yeah, so, I mean, we had lost the, um, the previous – or the opening – game of the SEC tournament to Alabama and you know we didn't we were we didn't you know we came into that game like we're not about to go two and out here you know in the SEC tournament so 
I mean, we came out with kind of a sense of urgency. And, and like I said, Mississippi State's a great team. So, I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, Mississippi State with all the studs they had in their team. I mean, Will Betnar, Landon Sims. I mean, you can go on on Logan Tanner. I'll just name a few. But, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. Hey, Randy, I, before, before you continue to Mississippi State, I like how you even glossed over. I, I appreciate the respect factor because I'm going to assume you did on purpose. You didn't mention who he uh, who he hit that walk-off on against LSU. Do, do you know? Yeah, was it, wasn't it, it was Devin, wasn't it? It was Devin. It was our guest, Fontenot. That, that is my guy. <laughs> you hit it off my guy. That hurt. True. I mean, I, De- Devin, if you're listening to this, I definitely talked crap to Jim that day that it happened. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> show for show drew let me let me ask you a question i mean obviously by the time sec tournament rolls around before you've even played a game in the tournament you guys pretty much know like you you're gonna be in a regional and you're probably gonna host a regional mm-hmm. how how do you get amped up to go out and win the sec tournament like how what's the motivation to do that or it's just a pride thing and a competitive thing. You just want to win them all. Yeah, I think it has something to do with just kind of the nature of last year's team. And we we didn't care what was at stake. We just want to go out and play and win. I mean, and, and a little bit of it, too, is like, yeah, I mean, we're likely to, you know, host a regional. But, I mean, we want to be like locks to host a regional and a super regional. We don't even want to – we want to leave no doubt about it, you know. Like, we don't – we're not going to leave it put it in anyone's hands besides ours. Like we're going to basically decide our own fate there. Yeah. So obviously you, you know, the opening loss to Alabama, I don't think anybody expected that, but you, you get a chance to get a little revenge against them. So, you know, you beat them. And now the showdown, I think that everybody wanted to see um, was Tennessee and Arkansas because that series that you played in the regular season was just so entertaining. There was mm-hmm. a lot of huge hits. Uh, I mean, massive bombs for walk-offs. I mean, I think they, you know, they, they win the series, obviously, but I think that series for me, uh, and maybe not for you guys because you didn't win the series, but that proved without a doubt that you guys were real contenders. There was no – it wasn't a flash in the pan. You guys were here to stay. Um, so the momentum mm-hmm. to get to face them again, both teams are hot. Uh, you know, they, they end up getting the SEC crown. I think it was two really two, – the two best teams in the country at the time. I don't think that's really me being biased. I think that's truly what it was. And uh, I don't know. And, you know, I'm looking back on it now. A lot of people said, well, the SEC tournament really doesn't matter. But as a player that was in the game, I, what do you say to those people? Yeah, I mean, once you're when you're in the game and you're a competitor, it, you don't. You don't care for, you know, any of that stuff. You just you're just trying to win. Right. Um, yeah. If you like playing baseball, like you say, you don't care what other people think, if it matters or not. You just want to play. You know? Yeah. Nobody wants to lose. Right. And I mean, it's something winning the SEC is something you guys hadn't done in a whole, a really long time. And I think that would have been Absolutely. huge for the program, too. You know, Ar- yeah, Arkansas was killing us, Randy, because we kept being adamant Tennessee was the best team. And then, like, Randy came on here and said, he's like, man, I got, you know, because he's a realist. He's like, I got to give Arkansas their due. Right now, you have to say they're the best team because Tennessee just can't seem to beat them. And, you know, they had also went in and handled uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And so, I mean, Arkansas at the time, like, I mean, undoubtedly looked like the best team. Yeah, they didn't yeah. lose a series, right? I mean, and they Couldn't got a guy that nobody's hitting. Couldn't argue the resume. I mean, they were unbelievable team. Yeah, so kind of going into that regional, obviously, you know, I think when the regional came out, you're right, to the average fan, you know, you see some names like Wright State and Liberty, and a lot of people don't take that serious. But 
guys like us that follow it, you know, I think me, Jim, and DB talked about it. Also, so there was a lot of national writers that were like, man, Tennessee is in a tough, even yeah. though hosting, they have a tough bracket. Right State's serious. Liberty can do their thing. But you guys go into that game, and obviously the first game, I mean, and Wright State proved it. Them guys are hitting. They got the momentum. All the momentum's on their side. And then, you know, the ninth happens. And what I want to do is I want you to walk us through when you're in the on-deck circle getting ready to hit. You just talked about what you're, you know, what it is that you do to get yourself calmed down. What's going through your mind? I mean, I'm honestly just trying to, like, shut off my mind. Like, I don't, I don't want – I didn't want anything. You know, I, I try to get – I mean, I, I put myself in a position like on deck to like where I expected to be up with either runners on second, third or bases loaded, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be up in a big spot no matter what, um, you know, how do I just shut my mind off and, you know, try to basically block out the chaos that was going on around me and, um, you know, just try to be as calm as possible. He, he, he said, I wish this guy would hang a breaking ball. <laughs> so that's what I was going to talk to you about. So the pitch is coming in. Let's be honest. Before you step into the into the box, you're not thinking. Let me get a little dink over the shortstop. You're thinking bomb, right? I mean, I wanted to. I don't know if I was necessarily thinking bomb. Like I'm being so serious right now. I wasn't necessarily like thinking bomb, but I mean, I'm I'm trying to hit something hard. Like I'm trying to get a pitch I can drive. You know, I'm not trying to place anything anywhere. I'm trying to do damage on something. You know. Absolutely. And damage you did do. I'm not sure the ball ever landed. It stayed in orbit forever. I ran around, woke up my, you know, child because I was screaming. It was, it was, I was, uh, I think I pulled a hammy. It was a real thing for me, Drew. And, and by the time I got back in from running around the block, the bat still hadn't landed. It was just a big moment. But I will be honest with you as, as, as a fan, well, that was a huge moment. But then the worry for me was, oh man, is the emotional high now they got to play Liberty. And obviously, I think Tony V probably did a great job. And you guys are now you're at the point where, yeah, you're a young team, young in age, but now you're kind of grizzled veterans, right? So you guys knew the work wasn't done, right? Yeah. I mean, and we can, I can kind of look back earlier in the season, you know, that's what you're talking about with having that emotional high and having a game the next day. I mean, we had, you know, a couple of scenarios throughout the year where we had, you know, super emotional game on like a Saturday. And then we'd come out the next day and we wouldn't, wouldn't be as good as we, we should have been. We'd lose the game. And I mean, I think we kind of, everyone kind of learned from that. And we knew that, you know, I mean, you're not trying to lose any games in your own regional, let's be honest. And we kind of understood that there's, there needs to be a sense of urgency right out of the gate, you know, that next day. So, and we were able to do that. Hey, Randy, yeah, so important, was... important to note, you know, other than Austin Riley, all the sports center top 10 guests that have came on here have all been female athletes. Anyway, that walk off obviously made the Sports Center top ten. So, so we needed we needed Drew on here because the guys are getting shut up in the Sports Center department. <laughs> and I don't think it was high enough to be honest with you. Drew. Eight, I, yeah, I saw that. Eight was you know, disrespectful. Yeah, I didn't think that was high enough. But obviously, you know, you win the regional. Now you're hosting a super regional against a familiar opponent in LSU. And now people are like, oh, is LSU starting to figure it out? You know, they win some close games in their regional coming back in. All the comments that have been made in the regular season about the fans and they were ugly and whatever, whatever. Now, I asked some of your teammates about this. I'm not going to name any games, but they do call him the governor. And he said there was nothing but respect and no smack talk between LSU and you guys. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, like we knew. So, but yeah, we so we swept LSU early in the year, but like, all those games were super close. Like 
I mean, we knew we were not surprised at all that they were in a, they were you know coming to our super regional. We we kind of expected them to be that good at that point. And I I mean, they're they have a ton of studs. I said that earlier. Like yeah, I there's no like I don't think there's any bad blood. I mean, they're really good. They're gonna be really good again this year. I don't think there's um you know at least not that I can remember you know especially in the super regional. I mean, there's nothing but respect for them. So you're saying that I just wanted there to be some smack talk. I see. Yeah, 100%. I just you know, you know, Cheese might have thrown some smack talk out. Uh, you know, I, I feel know. like we asked him, and I think he said he didn't. He said uh-huh. he was only talking to himself. Yeah, he probably talked to himself. He probably, he probably gave up a, a home run in the first inning of game one, and then he – Locked him down. Yeah, he, he said, I'm, I'm going a, I'm to a hold tight on this smack talk. <laughs> hey, so, no, I don't think he would have done that. Hey, I think he'd have kept on talking. Yeah. Randy, since you brought up the governor, I, I got to ask, man, uh, you know, because we, we've had Connor Pavoloni on here, you know, what's it like playing with a guy who has um, such, you know, great leadership on your team, Drew? Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, he, like it, that locker room was filled with a ton of those guys last year. And, you know, I'm thankful to have, you know, played with him and, um, you know, I've learned from him and just watch him work on a day-to-day basis. I mean, especially, you know, being a freshman when I came in, um, you know, just watching someone and able to learn on a day-to-day basis how you're supposed to do things. Um, you know, I'm grateful for to have played with them, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. So back to LSU for just a minute. Obviously, you know, you guys end up, you know, beating them a couple times again, and, you, man, just hit the ball like crazy. It was – you guys got hot. And obviously they do at this point – they do have a lot of studs, but you guys just – I think had their number. I think it's just one of those matchups – you know, that you guys had found a way to win and then you got hot and just kind of talk about what that was like. It seemed like nobody, especially there for like an inning or two, you guys were just crushing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I think we, we kind of knew like, all right, this is, we need to get the job done here. I mean, not just for our own satisfaction, but I mean, I think everyone, everyone wants to see it, right? Everyone wants to see us, you know, win our Super Regional and go to Omaha. And I think there was that urgency from everyone on the team. No, absolutely. So, obviously, you know, when you win the Super Regional, you know you're going to Omaha. Uh, it's, it's a culmination of a great season, but not more than just that. It's a culmin- There's a lot of chatter uh, going around. Is, is Tony Vitello going to go to LSU? And there was a lot of talk. And we talked to, you know, other players on Tennessee, and they kind of said that, you know, he kind of had a message. It was a subtle message, you know, but he really kept it, you know, about you guys. And it was really about the job wasn't being done. Let's finish what we started. And it just kind of talk what that was like to go through that. And it, do you guys even hear all that noise on the outside? I mean, yeah, you see it. Anyone who says they don't see it, they're like I said, they're lying to you. But I mean, we knew that, you know, whether he stays or goes, there's nothing we can do about that except, you know, just show up practice or the game the next day. And we knew whether or not, you know, he was going to leave or stay that he was going to, I mean, put everything he had day-to-day basis into, you know, what we had last year. So, I mean, we didn't really worry about it too much. There's, right. there's nothing we can do about it, you know? Right, because you guys have done all you could do, right? I mean, you guys have helped him build this program. Obviously, you talked about it and gave him his proper credit that he got you guys there. But now yeah. you guys are, you know, carrying out his vision. And, it, man, it's so much fun. It would have just been a, such a shame to see him leave. So, I'm really glad. Obviously, I'm a Tennessee fan, but just to see – him stay and make that commitment and make, and for let's be real for Tennessee to make that commitment to baseball meant just as much, right? That's what I think he was trying to leverage is, Hey, you got to put some money into what we got here. Look what we're doing. Look what these guys are doing. So yeah. huge thing for you guys. And, and hats off to you. I think that when people think back on this in five to 10 years, 
they'll remember this team is the one that got Tennessee back on the map. And probably, if we're being honest, better than they've maybe ever been, right? I mean, you guys, the season was so fun, man. So yeah. fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So we'll we'll get into Omaha for a second. Obviously, we, we don't have to dive too far into it. I know it was uh didn't go the way you wanted it to. You can see the emotion on you guys' faces going out, but just talk about, you know, the trip there, the travel. I mean, what that experience was like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's it's what everyone, you know, makes it out to be. Um you know, it happens so quick, it feels like, you know, like feels like we were there and then gone all of a sudden. So it's like it's like you're you're kind of hungry for more of it. Um, but I mean, it's, like I said, it's everything you'd imagine it to be. And, you know, playing in that stadium is awesome. Um, you know, winning in that stadium would be much cooler, but, um, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. It didn't equate to wins, but they had the best hype video. 100% Randy. <laughs> hey, Drew, I got a question for you, man. Since he brought that up, <clears throat> me and Jim talked about this a lot during the season when Tennessee put out hype videos, I got Connor Pavaloni was like always like the feature guy, man. What's up with that? See, I don't I, – I, You don't watch the hype videos? No, I actually didn't even know that. Like, or I just hadn't paid attention to him that like, much. I mean, I snowflakes like, come down on top of him. Yeah, he had, he like, snowflakes in his beard. I mean, it was really a whole GQ thing he had going on. <laughs> I'll give it to him. I'll give it but, to him. But I think you were in the video that I'm talking about, the one that the, they did specifically with all the teams in Omaha, and there's, like, maybe five or six players in Coach V. Weren't you in that? He was in that. Uh, yeah, I was in there. So – you talked about how fast it went. I'm just going to – a couple more questions. I'm going to turn you back over to Jim. What is Coach V and, and the whole staff, what's the – what is the message to you guys? Or is there really anything to say? Because I know you guys know what's going on, but what's he saying to you guys? Uh, when is this? After you guys uh, lose out in the Omaha. I mean, it's tough because, like, you know, what, what do you say at that moment? I mean, it's kind of hard to put all your emotions into, you know, like into words after – a season like that um you know it's I, I don't even i don't even remember to be honest with you i was just i was i was so sad you know i can but, still see the pain in your face right now drew yeah i think about it every day like i literally like it, i think i'll never stop thinking about it until you know we do something this year but what well, um just yeah, to no. brighten it back up man right the future obviously being bright <laughs> but i want to talk about you for a second right so just your accomplishments and then we're gonna i'm gonna ask you a question afterwards uh, you know, academically, 20, 2019, 2020, first year academic honor roll, number 26 um, on D1Baseball.com's top 20, 2022 MLB SEC prospects list. That's awesome. You know, preseason, second team All-American, SEC newcomer in the week, SEC new, twice, it, tw Knoxville Regional most outstanding player, of course. And then obviously this 2021 USA Baseball Collegiate National Team. When you hear that, and obviously you've been a confident guy and you've worked your whole life for that, but you look back at that and you kind of mentioned it earlier. Obviously you think, man, that's kind of cool, but you know there's more, right? This is just the beginning of the resume. So I can't wait to see. I just wanted to name those things off to kind of leave it on a bright note. I don't want to end it on those losses, Drew, because <laughs> I think that what you uh, and this team, Connor Pavlon, Liam Spence, all those guys, cheese, I mean, this has just been – such a fun experience. Even if I wasn't a Tennessee fan like Jim, he's not a Tennessee fan, but he couldn't help but root for you guys. And then you quickly became his favorite because of these backflips, man. I mean, it was awesome. And, uh, man, just appreciate everything you guys have done. Oh, we appreciate that. So, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I was the guy, me and my son, we had uh, my wife made shirts for us for Omaha. And 
Um, you know, Tennessee and Mississippi State played on the same day, so I'm not even going to lie to you. We had Tennessee shirts on by game one, and then when we had to leave the stadium, we flip and put a Mississippi State in off the, and when they were in off the bench shirts, and we flipped. So we, we look like those guys. Like, they're like, what in the world? Like, these guys are wearing orange. Next thing you know, they're wearing maroon and white. But we had guys, we had guys on each team, and like Randy said, man, I couldn't help but to to root for y'all. And and my son even got all into it. He had a shirt that said it was all about that cheese, and it had cheese drip on it. Like it, it was cool. Like we we were into it. Uh, I hate that it went the way it did, but I have zero regret about going and and getting to see y'all because I hadn't been able to make it to Knoxville. So um, that was cool. But you know, Randy mentioned the the U.S. team, and you know, you've talked about a lot of those guys. Talk about that experience that you got after the season was over and getting to join those guys and and play with a bunch of high caliber, uh, you know, guys from a whole bunch of different teams. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something I wanted to do my entire life. Um, I mean, to play for Team USA, and that was definitely a, a, you know a personal goal I had coming into college. Like, how cool would it be to play for you know Team USA in college and um, you know, to be around those group of guys too, and you know, see how cool all those guys and obviously how talented they are. Um, you know, it was a surreal experience. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it, you know, it's one of the coolest things personally. I feel like I've done um, to be able to be around all those guys. Yeah, looking at that roster, I would have loved to have seen y'all get to play against you know someone other than the you know the national team of the pros because I, I'd like to see y'all whoop up on somebody. That that lineup y'all had was absolutely filthy. Um, but, you know, going back to Tennessee and talking about the future, you know, you obviously got some holes to fill, but you got a lot coming back. And I want to start with that outfield. Dude, y'all have like like so we know that I'm not the Tennessee fan. And so when I say that y'all have the best outfield coming back and, you know, that's not me being fan biased. I mean, when you talk about Evan Russell, you um, Booker Beck, like, I mean, how excited are you about having that crew come back? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It, I mean, we're really excited, especially, you know, see, like, you know, Booker come along, too, and, you know, see his development um, from his freshman year. I mean, we're excited. I mean, you know, we like we all like playing together, too, and, you know, we feel comfortable playing next to each other, and, we you know, we know how to communicate with each other. So, I mean, it's fun just to keep building on that. Yeah, uh, Booker is from where I'm from, and so I actually watched him win two uh, high school state championships, so I know the talent that he's got. You Also, you know, Luke's coming back. You know, Blade Tidwell is an absolute beast on the mound, so I think y'all got a lot to work with, but, you know, y'all do have some holes. You know, we talked about paths, and, you know, you had Hunley, Liam, Spence, Cheese, all that. Like, you know, um, fall has started. You know, y'all have had y'all's practices, your workouts, or whatever, you know. How's it look with the guys that are coming in filling in those spots? Well, we – just had our first scrimmage today so I guess we're gonna have to find out I don't know you know we have a ton of talent that came in but I mean you know I guess we'll kind of see how that bleeds out uh, throughout the fall well I mean if you put stock into rankings you had the number five recruiting class and which that speaks to coach V again you know absolutely getting it done so I mean according according to the rankings and the talent you got you got the guys coming in and then we talk about the guys coming back so with that you know what's coach's message um if there's been one yet going into, you know, I know the fall games are fixing to, to start up. Yeah. I mean, ours is just, it, it's simple. Just find a way to get better every single day, you know, no matter what you're doing, school, baseball, nutrition, sleep. I mean, just find a way to get better. And, you know, we don't need to focus on, you know, right now it's nice. We can just, that's what we can focus on. We don't got to worry about the stress of necessarily winning the game or, you know, losing the game and how that, you know, affects us right now it's just you know we can afford to you know make mistakes and learn from it and 
all that stuff. So it's just trying to trying to find ways to get better right now. All right. So since you brought that up, that that leads to the question that's always a great question. Usually every athlete knows what it is they need to do to get better. What is the one thing Drew Gilbert needs to work on most to get better for next season? Uh, I mean, there's a definitely a plethora of things, but I'd probably say just mentality wise and then physically. Man, are you on? The, I mean, are you hitting them weights right now? You getting on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's too are. bad they can't make you taller, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I wish they could stretch me out a little bit instead. That'd be nice. I hear you. So, uh, my last question, then I'm going to let Daniel play a game with you. You know, a lot of guys try to be humble and they say they don't think about the draft, but we know that they're lying, right? You're, you're obviously focused on um, Tennessee and what y'all do as a team, but individually, you have to always think long term. And so, um, what are your thoughts on draft outlook? Like, you know, do you have any goals, uh, aspirations as far as that? Yeah, I mean, everyone, like, yeah, like I said, you are lying if you say you don't think about it. But, like, I mean, obviously, you know, who doesn't want to be a first-round draft pick and all that? Like, but, I mean, like, it's so – if I put it into perspective, like, it's so far away from now. Like, there's so much – so many things that are going to happen before that that, like, you know, if I don't focus on those things, then none of, none of the things that I want with the draft are, are going to happen. So, you know, I've, like, I've done it since high school. I've just tried to mentally just – like it's hard. It's hard. Cause I do think about it. Like, you know, like if I'm in a game, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, playing, you know, to, for scouts or anything. I mean, you're playing to win, right. You're playing for your teammates. And that's kind of what, I mean, my mentality has always been with that, but yeah, I mean, I still think about it and I definitely have goals and um, you know, everyone who says they don't think about it is lying. Yeah. And at the end of the day, man, you're going to go out and your job, personally and for the team is to do the best that you can possibly do yeah and usually when when you grind hard and prepare and put yourself in a position to do that you usually excel and you'll see you'll you'll reap the benefits of, of all that hard work that goes in man so we we got a great story from you man i i want to end the end the session in the end your story playing a game called this or that Are you you down to play Sure. All right. It's very simple. I give you two options. You just pick one or the other. The okay. only rule, the only rules are you can't say both and you can't say neither. You have to be definitive on one of the answers. Okay. Ready? All right. Here we go. Would you rather have a fast forward button or a rewind button for your life? Rewind. There's something that you would revisit or do differently if you had a rewind button. Uh, Omaha. Flip, flip the bat a little bit higher. Uh, no. No, this I like same. his answer. He said Omaha. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's the the only answer. Um, that's a a personal and a team answer, and I, that's, that's every indication and everything that you've told us is you are a a, a team guy and you want to do well, so. That's a, that's a very fitting answer for, for the episode that you've given us. So would you rather spend the rest of your life in Minnesota or Tennessee? Oh, that's a good question. That's good. Tennessee. All right. What, what is it? What's the one thing in Tennessee that, that, that you can't get anywhere else? Uh, that's tough. 
is it just the experience and the people and it's kind of it's probably kind yeah, of I mean, a like, combination I mean, of things yeah i mean like the vol fans i mean you can't you're not going to find this many vol fans like anywhere else like in that like the amount in the city is ridiculous yeah i mean i i think that's the answer the the vol nation man yeah they they they're going to love you and if you love them back, they're just going to keep loving you even more. Yeah. I mean, you can't replace it. Right. Would you rather have no red lights so you're driving and you'll never hit a red light? Or would you rather never wait in a line ever again? Never wait in a line ever again. What is the one line that you wish you could never wait in ever again? No. I'd probably say like waiting in line to hit in the cage. There you go. You want to get right yeah. to it. You want to get your work in. Yeah. Screw all, screw all them other guys. They can go hit on a tee somewhere else and do their stuff. <laughs> like you, you need to be in there. I hear you. All right. So this is becoming this next question is becoming one of our one of our staple questions. Would you rather spend ten years in a coma or five years in jail? Ten years in a coma because I'll have no idea. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. Thank All you. Right. Hold on, hold on. Time out. I don't know if he listened to his his roomies episode. Uh, Evan and Sean, one of them picked jail, one of them picked the coma. Who picked which? You think? Evan picked the coma. No. Evan wants to fight in jail. Okay. <laughs> Basically, he's a liar. I mean, that, was, that surprises me. That surprises me. That's what it comes down to. All right. And look, he said it so matter of fact. He's like jail. Oh yeah, he was he he like put on this like hard face and like got all like serious and he was like jail. He kind of sat up a little bit. Sean came little... right behind him and said, "I'll go to sleep." Yep. Give me. Yeah, give I mean, me. I feel like you wouldn't even know. It's just like over, like over, I mean, yeah, you're ten years older, which could either be good or bad. I don't know. Um, but I mean, it, I don't it don't know. matter. I it's better than jail. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen in jail. Yeah, that's, and that's who, for sure. who am I gonna be when I come out of jail? You know, like am I gonna be like see that was that was their arguing point is oh I'd be harder, I'd be this, this dude coming Randy out of jail. Said, Randy said last week his daughter be proud of him behind that glass, he'd be hard. Hey, he ain't lying. Nope. nope. Come see me. Give me <laughs> give me the nap and, and I'll be good. All right, next question. What would happen if you were facing Chad Dallas? All right, you're hitting, he's pitching. What would happen first? Would you hit a home run or would he strike you out? Do you want to go off like actual percentage? He's probably more likely to strike me out. I have to say, it. I'm, I'm an honest guy. I'm an honest guy. I'm very confident, but I'm an honest guy. He's I think to strike me out. I think Chad would say he would give up a home run to you because that See, dude. It, that dude, it will come on here and he, he gives said up it. dingers. He's like, I give up home runs. <laughs> we also do play in a pretty small ballpark. So, uh, hey, the ball flies. You you can't, you play where you play, man. You, hey, exactly. don't, you don't have control over we that. Both, both teams play there. I'll be, I'll be honest. The, the bombs that I've seen hit off of him in that ballpark and the bombs that I've seen you hit, it, it, the fence distance wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, last question, man, and and this is this is the money question. Okay. All right, you brought this up um, a few minutes ago about draft and being the first pick in the draft and how everybody would love to to have that position. So, let's say you got 
the first pick in the draft, first round, first pick. But in order to do that, they said you could have no friends. None of your friends could, you cannot communicate with them anymore. Or they told you, you can be the last pick, but you can keep all your friends. Those are your two options. Which one do you choose? Do my friends like hate me or something or like? <laughs> nope. They just saying, here's a first round pick and everything that goes with it, but you got to cut ties with all your current friends. Or once I, once last, I the, do I get my friends back? Nope. I feel, I mean, I, I you probably got to go with the first pick. Like, I mean, yes, yes, yes. you do. Finally, yes. somebody who told the truth. You have to. I mean, I don't know how you would like the last first pick versus the last pick of the draft. Daniel they, explains to them that's an eight to ten million dollar difference. If you're the first pick in the draft, everybody knows who you are. Yep. Like, everyone knows who you are. If you're the last. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, uh, that's too big of a discrepancy for me to say, like. With that, with that eight to, with that eight to 10 that you get, that eight to 10 mil that you get, you go ahead and find you some new friends. Yeah. I'm going to do that. There'll be no shortage of friends. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. That's very true. All right, right, Drew, man, anything you want to plug or promote before we let you roll? I'm all good. I got nothing. <laughs> hey, I, I got something I got to ask him because I did it on uh, I did it on an Instagram story because one of the things with the the walk offs, right? You have guys like us who absolutely love it, and then you have those who don't, and and you know th- those are usually your your old school cats who don't like the bat flips, and so to some you're a to you're a hero, and to some you're a villain. What mm-hmm. role do you like better, the hero or the villain? Uh, to be honest with you, I. I honestly could care less if anyone doesn't like it. Like, I just don't care. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, like it's not like I'm like, oh, you know, screw you, dude. Like, I just don't care. Like, you know. I, 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 I like that. I like that. Like, Evan was funny because Evan was the one that they used for the graphic as the mm-hmm. as y'all were the villains. And Evan goes, mm-hmm. I don't even understand. I'm the nice guy. And he's like, Drew's the one doing the walk-offs and, like, taunting folks. Like, and yet somehow I get used for the villain graphic. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I'd probably say the villain, especially if you're like on the road. No doubt. I feel like, I feel like everyone probably wants to be the villain then. I'm know? glad you said that because I thought of you like that. You wanted to be the villain, and that's how I want to remember you, Drew. And I yeah, want to no, see you hitting bombs have... all year long. And, and then one thing, I never saw you taunt the other team. You just celebrated with your own guys. Uh, I mean, if you got me in a competitive setting, I would I would have said villain like straight out of the, like the – the shoot oh absolutely well we Me already too. we already got a response from cheese uh daniel and he said that if you asked drew gilbert off the field if he would hit a home run of course he'd say no if you asked him once he was on the field he'd say yes he's two <laughs> people which is something we've heard from numerous guys uh, that's fair that's fair <laughs> you you put you put that bat in his hand and he feels a different way man i'm telling you he, <laughs> i don't know what it is yeah, you get in the box, man. There's a little comfort going on. He, he, he's ready. Yes. <laughs> All right, Drew, man, we're going to let you bounce, man. Thank you for, for being on with us. And we definitely want to have you come back either before you guys start SEC play or, or hell. I hope you're hoisting a championship trophy at the end of the year. We'll bring you back on. We'll talk about that journey. Cool. I'd love to be back on here sometimes. So I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, fun. man. Anytime, anytime. You guys check them out. They check the team out on Instagram at vol underscore baseball. 
If you want to keep up with Drew and see what he's got going on on Instagram, you can check him out at Chili Goo Bear. Drew, we wish you the best. Anything we can do for you, reach out to us. And we're going to take a break, plug our sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety, and you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary. Pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. As always, we're going to lead off with Major League Baseball. We are down to the last few days of the season. And I mean, we're, we have two races that are, are, are hot and heavy. You got a American league wild card race. You've got the national league West and the national league uh, wild card similar in, in who could be, or who won't be, or who will be. Um, but before we get all to, to all that action, the Cardinals, 17 wins in a row. What a way to like put themselves in a position. They they are gonna solidify a wild card. They had finally lost to the Brewers, but picked up a win tonight. They're going into a series with the Cubs. Randy, I'll I'll ask you first, man. Was was this a a sign of what's to come, or was this just veterans? playing against teams like a, a a pretty like 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 a good schedule for them to end the season. I don't think get really set up, you know, for them to go on a 17 game winning streak. I think baseball being obviously I think this was the third longest winning streak in history. So I mean I think that Nolan Arenado said it perfectly. This team just doesn't give up. They keep coming and they just uh they 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 kept they did their thing. They hit the ball well. They were pitching well. The bullpen did well. Everything kind of went right. Uh, everything that Schilt did worked. Uh, and it took all this. I mean, you think about it. They just clinched two, two days ago. Uh, so it took winning 17 games in a row, 18 out of 19, to get them in just by a couple games. And I thought what really struck out, uh, stuck out to me uh, was they played it the other night on the game was that Joey Votto had made uh, some remarks after their series and said there were a lot of Cardinals talking shit, and we were able to sh- shut them up. And now Joey Votto, as usual, will be, will be watching the Cardinals from his couch. That's it. Jim, we, um, I don't know, I would say around All-Star break, we had a conversation about Schilt, and if things stayed the same, he would be on the hot seat or if not out of there. It looks as though like that's probably not going to be the case anymore. Um, but with that, you know, do they have what it takes? 
in a one-game scenario to beat the Dodgers, and I'm going to humor you guys, or I'll, I'll, I'll cater to you guys, I guess. Can they beat the Dodgers or the Giants in one game? Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I would say, um, and I know Randy, I didn't, I didn't get an, a, an opinion from you. Randy had an opposite opinion of me. I don't like that they they rested their guys and and had that win streak end. I would have liked if they would have just kept going because um, I think they would feel damn near invincible. Obviously, you'd be on a twenty two game win streak going into that one game, um, but you know they won the night, so I guess you know it's neither here nor there. But um, you got Adam Wainwright who is you know been in this position so many times. He's absolutely ready for this moment. He's thrilled. Um, you know, the guys feel like they can beat anybody right now. The firepower, I mean, it's not like it's one or two or three guys. I mean, it's the whole team. So you feel confident with that lineup all the way top to bottom. You feel confident that you have your veteran leader on the mound and you got Yachty behind the plate. So, um, yeah, I absolutely think they can. And, you know, Randy said it before we started the segment, you know, if it is the Dodgers, the Cardinals have the Dodgers number in this, in this, you know, scenario. Yeah, um, Randy, who – I mean, obviously, Wainwright's taking the bump for that game. True. And and with that, I mean, is it is it hard to, to not give the Cardinals a chance when he's on the mound? No, I think you got to give him a chance. I think if you're looking at straight up, you know, Wainwright versus Scherzer, uh, your average fan is going to pick Scherzer. And, and I'm not saying that they would be wrong, but Wainwright, if I got a chance – one game, do or die, give me Adam Wainwright at 40, 41 years old every single time. Oh, yeah. I mean, just we, we talked about it a lot last week. Veterans veterans make a difference, especially when it comes to postseason play and especially when the pressure and the stakes are on a one-game playoff. But, you know, it's exciting. We're going to get the Cardinals regardless of what happens. Um I mean, think about the heart of that order, guys. Who do you want to face right now? None of them. I mean, you, you but you could uh, you could also say the same thing about who they're gonna play. Like you, you, you don't want to play. You don't want to face anybody in that lineup. The the Dodgers, for instance, last night hit five home runs in in, in like two innings to win the game. Like they they got firepower on top of good pitching. So. Oh, true. I mean, they're going to end the season with over 800 runs and a plus 250 run differential. I mean, that's that's insane. If uh, if Wainwright struggles at the gate, Randy, who's the first guy that comes in for the Cardinals? You know, she'll, man, that's a tough one because I don't feel like he has a designated first go-to guy. I mean, you know, we've seen Reyes come in. Um, man. That's, that's a great question. It's usually Gallegos is later in the game. That's yeah, he'll be he'll to. he'll probably close it. But I think, I mean, man, that's a, that's a that's a tough one, man. I, I don't I don't really envy, and that's where I think if if that is the case, that's where I start worrying. Is Captain Jack an option? Captain Jack could be an option because he's not back in the starting lineup. I think when you when you look, this guy right here is the option. I don't think no, – I think that they'll think – I don't think they'll do that, though, DB. I don't think John Lester will be an option because I think that Schilt is going to have to – and I, I know what you're going to say. Like, if you don't win that game, you don't get to move on. But, man, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. I, just, I think – Yeah, I just uh, – what I think is that when you get to that game, you have to win it. But when you got, you know, Mikolas, you got Hap, and then you got Flaherty, like – 
early, let's say Wainwright goes three innings and you, you got to make a change. Like, like why not pick one of those guys and then revamp your rotation, you know, for the next series, because Wainwright's going to go again. He only pitched three. You'll get to reset. You just got to move one of these guys to the back half. Like I think John Lester is that guy. That's just me. Um, I don't hate it. it. But you know, obviously if it's late in the game or middle of the game, you, you almost want to treat it like a normal game, whatever you've been doing for the past 60 games. Like that's what you need to do because that's the recipe that's been working. What what do you what do you want out of obviously I'm not don't uh, he's had some complete games here lately but let's be realistic um, what do we want six six innings from him solid yeah that's about all you can against that lineup I mean going through that lineup twice is is that's all you can do you gotta when you when you face lineups like that especially in the postseason you gotta. You got to have extended innings from your starters. So they, if you're going to win, they got to go six plus. And then you've got to give guys role opportunities so that you say, all right, all I need you to do is go out and get two outs. Give me three outs. You don't, you don't have to give me two innings. I just need one inning or three outs or two outs or whatever the case is. Make their jobs a lot easier. But what you hope is that the offense is swinging the sticks really well and giving you some cushion and, and you can play and pitch relaxed. Um, when was the last time you guys could say, because I mentioned the heart of that order, and when you talk about, obviously, because of Arenado and Goldsmith, but then you look at the way Tyler O'Neill swinging it, like, when was the last time you could say you got that excited about a Cardinals lineup where you felt like every guy who could come up the plate could take a yard? Because I don't, I don't think I can ever remember that. I mean, they're hot right now. I, I don't, yeah. you know, but I don't think even if you look at it, they're, they're, I don't, I still don't look at them as a, everybody can go yard. Cause they just don't, I mean, they've hit a lot of them lately, but that's not their strong game. They're really, if you look at it, they're a small ball team more than anything else. They're trying to get on, shift to runners. Harrison Bader, to me, is the key to this whole thing because he's been swinging the hottest stick. You know, he was player of the month, batting over 500. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's the key to it. Obviously, you're going to need Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson to be huge because you're going to get – you know what you're getting from Nolan Arenado. You know what you're getting from Goldschmidt. Uh, another key because if Sosa's still out, you're going to need DeYoung to do something. And even though he's had the worst year of his career, we've seen that guy perform at a high level in big moments. So I, it, it's going to be interesting. And maybe this is the opportunity that DeYoung needed to get in there and hit a big home run because we've seen him hit a lot of big gonna, home runs. It's going to be Yachty, buddy. It's going to be Yachty <laughs> who comes up in the big moment. Hey, you know, you, talk, you talked about paths and, uh, you know, the, the video stuff, and we talk about Cam. Boy, when you look at these social media things, they love Bader since you brought that up. It's got to be that. It's got to be that flow. You got that flow, man. Plus, he dresses uh, like really uh, flamboyant. <laughs> that's that's, like that's their yeah, that's their dude. So, looking, I mean, obviously the when we look at the American League, the Rays are, have clinched the division in the East. The White Sox have clinched the Central. The Astros are, I mean. Basically, they, they've clinched as well. I mean, they're up six games, and they might have already updated it. Yeah, so they, they've clinched their division. Um, you know, the wild card is, is really what's at stake um, in the American. You've got the Yankees now 
it looks like, are two games up on the Sox. If I was a betting man, I would go ahead and, and pencil in the Yankees, but it's that Red Sox and Mariners that are tied now with the Blue Jays a game back, and we got four to go. So say the A's are a game back too? That says four the back. A's are four Three games, games back. back. Okay, gotcha. So, Jim, I'll start with you. How how do you see this this last this last series playing out? Did the Yankees hold on to their spot, and then who who gets the second spot? Um, pull up the Blue Jays and who they got left. All right, so Toronto. Let's take a look. They are because that's who I want to pick right out the gate. But I want to make sure I'm not walking into something here. I'm not picking them because they've had that they controlled their own destiny and they have shit the bed against. The oh, Yankees. they got the Orioles. I, yeah, give me give me the Yankees and the the, and the Orioles Blue just took two out of three from uh from the uh, who was the team they were playing? They just beat a playoff team two two out of three times. I, don't I think care. they're playing spoiler. I now. was gonna pick. I was gonna pick the Blue Jays anyway. Now that I see it's the Orioles, give me give me the give me Blue Jays, Daniel. I mean, I I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Daniel, when the season was early, 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 and remember the Blue Jays started off well, you told me that was a really good baseball team. I I did. Yeah, um, baby. Give me the Mariners. They're hot. They're nine of their last ten. Give me the Mariners. That's that's what I was exactly going to say, Randy. Like, these guys are are playing like a team that has something to play for. The Blue Jays, I mean, they're playing – I mean, look, I mean, yeah, they're under 500 in their last 10. I it mean, would be not. better if any of these three teams were playing each other to make it that much more intriguing. Well, the Mariners were, they did, they swept the athletics to put them out of contention. Gotcha. Oh. So the Red Sox have the Nationals. So every one of these teams. So is this is the somebody. team I was talking about. The yeah. Red Sox played the Orioles and lost two out of three after getting swept by the Yankees. the Yankees. So the Red Sox to me are not playing good baseball right now. And if, Man, I, that's the team I think's that they're out. But but is it, are we in agreement, Randy? Because when we always talk about money, um, the you know MLB wants it to be the Yankees and the Red Sox. Oh, right. Uh, you, you know, actually, I, I agree with you. I think that that's probably what they want. But if you, I listened to a guy today on um, ESPN Radio. He talked about that. That it used to be really a lot more like that in the late '90s. Of course, New York, Boston, L.A. They all controlled the TV market. But now that we're you look access is everywhere right that's why a team like tampa can do what they do because you can see them play every single night if you wanted to so i think that you're right yes they would rather have that matchup because historically that matters but i think that a, a story like the mariners playing getting hot at the end and playing the yankees i still think you could sell it yeah so so let's let's start from the top the yankees have a set with the rays do the Yankees hold on to the wild, a wild card spot? Yes, because the Rays are playing for nothing. But it is the Yankees, and and when you say for nothing, like if there's a team that they want to beat, it's those guys. Yeah, I wouldn't want them. I mean, I, if I'm thinking from the Rays' perspective, I don't want them in the playoffs. I don't think that the Rays are going to try to win that series. I, uh, I agree. I don't. I don't. I don't think the Rays will win the series, but I think it's only going to take one win for the Yankees to, to lock up a spot. So I, I do see that worst-case scenario, 
Rays win two of three, and the Yankees still lock up a spot. So I, I see the Yankees holding on. I think they're in. Um, Jim, Red Sox, um, they've got the Nationals in three games. Um, Mariners, they've got the Orioles, or the, I'm sorry, the, um, who do we say the Mariners had in three games? I thought that the, the, the Jays had the Orioles, the Mariners said the Angels, maybe yes. the Angels. Yes. The Angels. Otani. Shelly Otani's not playing. They already said he's out. He's not going to be pitching. Oh, he might yeah. play, but he's not Ooh. pitching. Ooh. Ooh. And they just took two out of three from the Angels, swept the I mean, they're they're on look at that. Look at so, the four game set that they they've beaten. So the, the look team. at that. There's another one. One, two. So they've beaten the athletics. Four game series, three game series, two game series. I mean, they 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 put them out of contention by themselves. So the team that I picked is the one that's one game back, and all three teams are playing teams that are bottom of the barrel. So I'm in a bad position, but I'm still gonna do it because I like to I like to roll the dice. Hello. I don't think Daniel, he's muted. He doesn't realize it. Daniel, a lot, a lot of dead air there. Is he frozen? No, he's muted. No, my connection went out. I feel like you'll have to edit all that out. But I feel like at at eleven, like fifteen, eleven, twenty, every episode, this happens. Like my internet, like just resets. Any anyhow. So, Jim, you're you're going with the Mariners? No, no, that's Randy. I'm going with. I'm the taking Jays. the Mariners. Randy's got the Mariners. You've got the Blue Jays. I guess I'll take the Red Sox, just to to see, just to have a little fun funsies. I mean, somebody's got to take the Red Sox, right? Yeah. Well, you know what this means: the Blue Jays are going to get in. I never pick right. I doubt that. <laughs> All right. What about National League? And I already know where you guys are, are going to go. You guys think that the Dodgers are going to take over the Giants. And the I don't want to start there. We got to start with the Braves locking up the East. Bryce Harper going 0 for 8 in the last two games while Austin Riley is tearing the ball up. They don't give him the MVP. It just shows me that this is a award that they give to big names and not the most deserving player. But nonetheless, the Braves are going to the playoffs and they're playing a Brewers team that is backpedaling going in. So here's the thing, Jim. And we, we talked about this. Austin Riley, he's got the stats for it. He doesn't have the name for it. And I think they've already decided who's going to win this thing. Like, but I, I don't think it's fair to say the the other guys, especially Bryce Harper, hasn't done enough to be the MVP. Big players make big-time plays and big-time situations. And, and uh, with his team and their season on the line, he couldn't even get on base. This isn't even a conversation to have because Austin's yeah. not even in the top five candidates that, of NL MVP. That's what I, I tried to explain to Jim is that 
every every article that I've read about the NL MVP, either Austin Riley's name is just mentioned, nothing else, or there's no talk of him at all. And that's no knock to him. It's just that's that's what people and the people who are voting and the, the fundamental flaw. What are we doing? The Pro Bowl these days? Come on, Dude, you man. can't knock Bryce Harper's numbers. He's better no, than he's, Austin. He's now, not not after after tonight. Yes, he will I'm only have OPS. He will only have OPS after tonight. Bro, I'm looking. He's got a better average. He's got more home he runs. He won't have OPS. average after tonight. But he does. This is updated stats. He has a better average. He's got every every stat. And then Juan Soto, Tatis Jr., they even have Goldschmidt ahead of him. Somebody who checks stats constantly, they don't update this quickly after the game. Well, I'm not on ESPN, bro. I'm on MLB.com. It's updated. What's the what's the average for each one? Now I clicked off of it. But the, the, the top ten in orders, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Brandon Crawford, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Tyler O'Neill, Brian Reynolds. Do they do they go further than that? No. Austin Riley's number eleven, right behind Bryce Hyper. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at ESPN's that isn't updated, and that's the reason why I'm in. Bryce Harper's three hundred five. Austin Riley's three hundred three. One got three hits tonight. One got none. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see. Well, he's not going to see nothing because he's not – it doesn't matter if he was – if he goes 12 for 12 this weekend, he's still not even getting a sniff of MVP. That's he's just got, the facts, bro. I just don't understand. One stat isn't enough, and then their team beat the other one's team, and they lost their best player, not not to mention. And Austin's part that – you know, I'm never going to win this battle. But he – look, Freddie Freeman is definitely an MVP candidate without question. He's a name again. But that's – he, and he's deserving of – I'm not going to say Freddie's – but, like, he's also a name. He's the reigning MVP. So, let me – let me – let's let's put this scenario on the table. All right. Bryce Harper, not in the playoffs. Austin Riley is. Braves have a magical run. They make the World Series. Maybe they win it all. Who knows? Austin Riley, phenomenal, you know, journey in the postseason. Let's say he's the best player – Let's say the Braves win it all and he's the World Series MVP and he's the, uh, you know, NLCS MVP. Is that enough to bolster him? Because I think this is done at the end of the season, correct? Yeah. Is, is that what he has to do to make a name? Or is this thing definitively like it doesn't matter what he does? I don't think it matters. I mean, if you if he does if you're not in the top ten candidates right now, I don't think it really matters. Because I mean, he's not. He's. What, I mean, he's well, definitely. Let me ask you a question: What dictates top ten candidates? Because I go by Vegas odds, and Vegas odds undoubtedly does. He's in the top five in Vegas odds. Uh, this is just. I've, this is the fourth article I've now clicked on. He's not even in honorable mentions in any of them. I mean, don't get me wrong, Austin's freaking killing it i mean this dude's unbelievable i just don't i mean you know I, I don't know he's like you said he's not a name and he's not the best player on his own team i mean i think he's got those working against him even though their best player they're is gonna, out they're gonna be well i know this to the to what you were just saying daniel they'll be in the nlcs like i said the brewers are walking backwards and atlanta is playing good ball so i think they're gonna advance to the nlcs no matter what 
I think that's a really tough matchup for the Braves. And if you look at the, like, they played the Brewers and, like, Brewers have beaten the piss out of them dudes. But the Brewers were also beating the piss out of Cardinals, and now they can't beat them to save their life except for the one game they wrestled. Yeah, but the Brewers also aren't playing. They're not, they haven't, they didn't play anybody in this series before. They're not playing anybody in this series. They're resting almost everybody. Cause I mean, when you get, that's what I'm saying about the Rays. There's no reason to play like the Cardinals the last two days. They're playing Lars Newtbar for God's sakes. Yeah. Mr. Newtbar. Hey, I'm telling you, all right, the Braves are going to LCS and I'm just going to go way too many steps ahead, Daniel. And I'm going to tell you the Cardinals are going to win against whoever they face in the wild card game. And they're going to win against whoever they play from the West. And we're going to have a win-win situation. We're going to either have our team, the Cardinals win, or we're going to have our guest, Austin Riley, go on the World Series. Lock this shit up. That's a, that's a bold prediction, Cotton. But what I, what I need to – what I'll ask you, Jim, okay, if Austin Riley was on the Yankees or on the Dodgers, would his name be higher up in this conversation? Absolutely. So the Braves aren't a – I don't know. I don't even yeah. know the word. I mean, are they're not no. the uh, of a name, they are. name enough? They just had an MVP last year. That's you know that's that was my thought is you know if the Braves don't do it for you, like who can? They got the best in the best player in the NL too. I mean, and that, by the way, on course. that Freddie Freeman thing, the Braves on every single post they do aren't saying Freeman MVP. They're saying Austin Riley MVP because I know because I shared it earlier. I shared it yesterday because they've been doing it. But anyway, we can do this for hours. Moving so on. Who, who do you want to be the MVP, Jim? <laughs> and then off the bench podcast guest, we do national champions and MVPs. That's what we do. We're going to have to wait for him to be the MVP. He's just going to have to settle for the fact that he's having hella success. Yeah. He'll be with the Yankee, with the Yankees very soon, and, and he'll be the king of New York. <laughs> you, you heard it here I, first. That's all. When Drew Gilbert's the, the first-round pick next year because he came on this show, it'll just continue to prove the success of everybody who comes on here. No different than Austin Riley being the deserving MVP. Hey, I'm, I'm not arguing it at all. All right, Randy, we, we heard Jim's bold prediction for uh, the National League Championship Series. What, what's your take? Give me your National League. Give me your, 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 your National League Championship Series teams and your American League. You had to, you had to bet it today. Who are you betting on? I'm going to go with the uh... – Dodgers and the Brewers. I got to go over a long period of time. I just got to do it. $300 million payroll, and that I don't want to see it. I think that the Cardinals are going to beat the Giants in the one-game playoff, and uh, a seven-game series is not what I want to see the Dodgers in. I'd rather get them in a one-game, and then they'll play them, and I think the Dodgers come out on top because they're just stacked top to bottom, pitching, bullpen, lineup, and uh, the Brewers – I mean, when they gave up, when they clinched the division, they stopped playing pretty much all their people. So let's see here, 95 wins. And you're looking back. I mean, they just – they right before that, they had won five series in a row. I don't know, man. I just – I got to go with the Brewers. I think right, if, the, if the Braves had the best player in the NL, but he's hurt, not coming back, I think that would give him the advantage. And the AL – Man. Yeah, what about AL? 
you know what? This is going to trigger you, man. It's going to trigger you. I'm not the, picking I, the race. I got the same team. Go ahead and lock me in for it, too. ALCS. I'm going to go with the Astros and the uh, Yankees. That's where I'm going. Uh, I'm going White Sox and Yankees, but I, I was with them on the Yankees thing for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in the White Sox at all. Not not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. No. Team, that's my team from when I was a kid. I'm I'm I'm, I'm rolling I, with them. I, I feel you. And they're hey, cute story. Oh, it's a cute, poor, cute story. Poor. I just don't see that. I think that and I think the Astros just are going a step further. I think they're gonna make it to the World Series because everybody hates them. You know what's bothering Daniel right now the most? Is that the Rays and the Giants have the best records in baseball? And me and you, we give them no respect. (laughs) None. That's right. Here, here comes respect for 158 games this season. I've been talking about the Giants, and the last four, I'm not going to waver. So give me the Giants and the NLCS and the Brewers. Giants and Brewers. Boom. Right there. Hey, I'm going to definitely tell Austin that y'all got the Braves getting beat by the Brewers. I'm snitching. That's fine. You could tell him that. Do what A-L- you do. AL, give me, give me the Rays and the Astros because I want to see that series again. I think that, I, I got to thinking about it when Randy said uh, the, the Yankees Astros is something a lot of people would love to see. Man, I could care less about that. Give me the Rays and the Astros. All right, Somebody guys. who hated the Astros so much for what they did, I'm surprised you hate the, the idea of that series. Because I want them to, to feel like they can taste it and then have it just ripped away from them. Because they're going to be in regardless. They're, they're in already. There's no stopping that. So, so let me get them to where they feel like they can do something and just rip their hearts out. Spe- speaking of ripping hearts out, and we're going to talk NFL later. I know college comes first, but – uh. Joe Burrow, once again, ripped out the heart of Trevor Lawrence and making him think that he was going to have his first win in the NFL, and he let him know who daddy still was. Just want to drop that news update in. Hopefully he threw a couple more touchdowns since I've seen him. Hopefully one that <laughs> yeah, Jamar he didn't. Chase. I was looking for it, but it didn't happen. He, he threw two to a guy that I don't even know. Uh, hey, it is what it is. All right. College football, guys, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. We talked enough about – about the diamond. Let's get on, on the the gridiron. All right, last week, the standings at the end of last week, Jim, you had six points. Randy, you had eight points. I had 11. This past week's game, Jim, you took Arkansas. You got one point for Arkansas. They won. Um, you picked Wisconsin. You got zero points for Wisconsin. You picked Clemson. You got zero points for Clemson. Randy, it was a rough week for you, brother. Rough. You picked, you picked Texas A&M. They uh, they did not win, um, so they didn't they didn't they didn't cover. You got no points for them. Memphis didn't win. They didn't cover. And Tennessee, it it was what we talked about, and and we'll get into it a little bit in a minute. But they just. They had a bad second half. Like the the second half was was not was not kind to them, and and they didn't. Uh, Florida did end up covering. Uh, for me, um, I picked Arkansas. I got one point for that. I picked Michigan State. Michigan State. Um, I, I didn't get any points for them. 
And then I picked Baylor. Baylor had a big win, and I ended up picking three points, picking up three points there. Um, so the current standings are Jim, you got seven, Randy, you got eight, and I got 15. Um, but looking at this week, it, it, it's, it's a totally new ball game. So, Jim, you currently got the least amount of points, so I'll let you pick your game first. All Looking right. at the spreads, the game of the week. What would we say the game of that's, the week? That's the biggest question because there's three viable options. Randy, according, what's the game of the week? According to game day, the game it's of the week. Georgia, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes. But a game of the week, this is by definition, cannot be an 11 a.m. game. It just can't be. And it can't be a 19-point dog. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. Well, can, can the game of the week be a 3.30 game? Either? Absolutely. That's prime time, baby. 3.30? Yes, CBS, that is the primetime game. So we're going to do Ole Miss Alabama? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I, I don't I think. Want, I want my, my primetime game to be at 7.30, and I want these college kids drunk and rowdy. Well, and that was something they talked about on the radio today, guys. Like the the uh, Notre Dame, uh, what should we call it, Cincinnati game being at the same time as that Ole Miss uh, Alabama game. Was a mess up. They somebody somebody should have been flexed at nighttime. That way you had uh, in those three top twelve matchups you had an eleven a.m. a two thirty and a night game. What and what I don't early. understand is is why why couldn't they do that? They, they don't could. they don't move they don't move college football they don't move they don't flex those games ever. Those that TV time is set the week before they they could have moved it whenever they wanted to, yeah. but but once it's set there ain't no moving it. And there is no good night game. If you look at the night games, there is nothing. I mean, if I'm Alabama, I'm about, I'll voluntarily say, bring old Mrs. S in there at night. Let's do it. For real. All right, Jim, who you got? Well, game you got of a, the week. Which one game is it? The, oh, I thought we were going Ole Miss, Alabama. Okay, we're going Ole Miss, Alabama. I will, I'm going Ole Miss with those points. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm taking Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I don't, this don't count for my – because I need all the points I can get in this game we're playing. But I, I got Ole Miss to win outright. What's the line? Mm, Alabama. 14 and a half. Yeah. Lane Kiffin is going to be the first coordinator to beat Saban. All right, then, Jim, you're taking Ole Miss. Randy, who are you taking? He loves the lane train. I do love the lane train, but I'm in a big hole here. I'm in a big hole. This is game of the week. So, do we get to, like, max points because we're picking a big dog, too? Do we get double points? No, because the one time we did it, oh, it was still Jesus. one point. Oh, boy. Well, then Which I'm taking, I, I don't, I'm taking I don't, Alabama, then. I don't understand, like, why? I get, is Alabama that good? I didn't get to see I'm that Florida game where they only won by two points, so it's hard for me to know if that was – Florida was that good, or Alabama had a bad game. You know? Let me let me let me rephrase it. Alabama is that good, but are they fourteen and a half over a team that notoriously treats like makes these games rough for them? Give me give me give me Alabama. If we're just for a point, give me Alabama to cover. And I want Ole Miss to win. I hope I'm wrong. I want Ole Miss to win. I'm I'm gonna take Ole Miss. Um, 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you guys, man. Not to go off on a tangent, I'm just gonna say it and be done with it. After what I seen at a Ole Miss soccer game and an Ole Miss volleyball game, it's hard for me to root for Ole Miss to win in anything again. Change change your pick. No, I'm picking them to win. I'm just saying, man, their their fan base needs their ass slapped. I don't care if they're listening. Meet me outside. Oh Lord, come on now. We ain't fighting. I love you, Oxford. See you in a couple of weeks. All right, Randy, you get you got the 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 second pick. Give me your 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 small dog. Less less seven points or less. Man, man, man. You know, I'm I'm done learned. I'm not gonna pick. I'm not picking Tennessee. I'm not. I'm just not doing it. I don't feel comfortable there anymore. I'm, I learned my lesson. So, right. seven points or less. So they can be a wait. They can be a favorite. Too. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. This they is. Gotta, this is they just tough. gotta cover. They just gotta I got, cover. I got three. I want when it gets to my turn. I'm. I'm torn. I don't know how you're having trouble, Randy. I got a three. I want. Jim's gonna take LSU. That's the one I want to take, but it ain't who I'm gonna. I I can tell you who I'm gonna take. It's the same one I'm gonna take, and you can't take it if I take it. Man, I, it's not that I don't have games. Let's see. I got uh, here. Can can I go first? That way no, I can see if it's no. You cannot. You, D, I gotta go. Then DB's gotta go. Then you get this. Ain't this? Look. Hold on. Hold on one second now. Hold a, on. Oh, give me Cincinnati over Notre Dame. Now you can give me that straight up. That was one of the three I wanted, but that's not the one I'm taking still. So we're good. All give right, me Cincinnati. So Cincinnati. And they are gonna get. A point and a half. They're a favorite? No, they're an underdog. That. No, they're a favorite. Oh, they're, yeah, they're they are favorite. a favorite. Oh, damn. They're going to win by a point and a half. At Notre Dame? That's that's uh, that's crazy. All right. I am going to – so I got to do a big a big one. No, you, we're, you're doing the – we're still on the small one. No, he's it. going. No, it goes. Oh yeah, again, yeah, 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 yeah. Small, yeah. Wait, I'm taking. I'm taking Baylor. Told you, Dad Gummit, man. That's that is what fair. I was. I was going to take that. I but, knew he would pick it in front of me. I picked him last week. I said, I. Oh, you? I, you write me down. I'm Oklahoma State. Well, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't pick it because I picked it. Yep. Pick a, well, you just put a, that on the side. I'm I'm picking Oklahoma well, State. Well, I was to I was going to take Baylor, and I was going to take Cincinnati. If I took either of those, I was going to take Baylor. But now you've now left it to where I have no choice but to go to LSU. And regardless of how I don't think they're a very great team, Randy, what do we know? They haven't won there since 1999. So and, and Auburn is not good. <laughs> and there's not that good. too. And there's not that good. too. They keep trying to make that quarterback like he's, you know, Joe. Well, Namath they're saying Finley, Finley's going to get the action, and I seen him last year for LSU. And please, by all means, roll him out there. Yeah, I'm not a fan. All right, so you're taking LSU. So that are... means I'm first on the big dog, then, right? Since y'all threw me last on that one. Well, because that's how it rolls. Man. I don't know what to tell you. Do better. Do better. <laughs> All right, go. You're up. More than seven points. I can tell you exactly where I'm going. Well, I'm going Arkansas. 
Oh, that's a that's a good one, but that's that's not where I was. Going. By the way, I seen another one that I would have took. Also, there's four games in that I would have took the the Michigan as a two point dog against Wisconsin after what I seen from Wisconsin. All right, anyway, moving on. So you're taking Arkansas, and they are getting 18 points. And just like the big dog I picked in Ole Miss over Alabama, I think they're going to win outright. I think Georgia shouldn't have started talking. It's always bad karma. Not even the Patriots can score on them, they say. Oh, Lord. All right, Randy. More than seven points. Who you, who you got? I've been just staring down this list. So, y'all remember when Ohio State used to cover every spread? Dude, it's got to a point where they're only 15-point favorites over, like, a team like Rutgers. Ain't that crazy? So, that's actually who I was going to pick was Ohio State, but they can't pick – I don't want to go there. They're not covering against anybody. Don't do it, Randy. I'm going to even help you on that, even though – No, they're going to cover because Rutgers is – they're awful. Oh, Penn State. He does. Penn State has done look good all year. No Fresno State. No, Penn State's the one I keep going back to because that's what I want to pick because I really like James Franklin. But, man, Fresno, I wouldn't pick Fresno State going to Hawaii. Hey, hold on. It's seven or more. Yeah, seven. No, he said more than seven. Oh, I was going to say, I'd take Texas State. I was gonna say I'd take Texas A and M with a seven point favorite. I would. I, that's the first one I was wanting to pick, but they're only seven. So, you're, all right, all right, you're all right. Go back to the well and take Memphis. They're, buy they're half 11. a point, Randy. Buy half a point. Nah, <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Let me buy a half a point here. So wait, we can pick a favorite too. So you know what? Give me Penn State in the points. All right. Hey, hey, Randy. Why is Florida only as well as they've played? Why are they only a seven and a half point favorite on Kentucky? I get Kentucky undefeated, but they ain't beat nobody. Yeah, but I don't think. I think Kentucky's been pretty good, and they're at home. Florida ain't looked like world beaters. You watch that Tennessee game, man. Tennessee, they that, that was more about Tennessee than it was Florida. Penn State. Given 12 and a half. But now it comes I, down I hate it because you're going to have a clean sweep, Daniel. That's what pisses me off. You got a fifth, you got 15 points already, and every one of your picks I agree with, which pisses me off because you're going to end up with an even bigger lead. Well, I mean, I still have this pick to make, too, and this is this is a tough one. I thought you just said Penn State. No, I did. That's oh. Randy's pick. I mean, I, I do think Penn State is going, going to do it. Ooh, this, this is a – Pretty good one. Pretty good one. Hmm. Did I go back to the Michigan State well? Wait, Michigan's an underdog against Wisconsin? That's what I told yeah. you. That's what that's garbage. That's how much they believe in Harbaugh. That's garbage. Michigan State. You know what? I'm going to go this route. Give me the Tigers. Oh, I do not agree with your pick. Do you remember the first team that killed our parlay this past weekend, sir? They got a – With a we, 21 nothing lead, and all we need to do is cover three. They killed our, our ticket. 
I hear you, Jim, but they need to beat Temple and they need to beat them bad. We owe Temple. So Yeah, but they don't play against Temple when they're good. They don't hey, you know what, you know what Randy? We need to catch Daniel. Let him take this. Let him take this. Yeah, you, you yeah, then, that's then, a great pick, Daniel. Then y'all gonna be mad when 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 they win. Well, we will be mad when Memphis wins. I mean Yeah, I'll be cool with it. I just don't see it happening. Well, I'm taking the Tigers. Daniel's done. But you do get 11. I think that that's that's not a terrible pick. Daniel's built up such a lead. I I don't think I'm gonna ever catch him anyway. So whatever. I'll, Jim. You you could you could easily catch up. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my vindication when the Yankees knock off the Rays. No worries. You could you could be if you have a clean sweep this week. You could be at 13. Randy could be at 14, and if I didn't win a single game, I would be where I'm at. But that ain't that ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna exactly. win them all. All right, so let's let's get into we we got our picks for the week. We got them down. Let's let's talk, Randy. We'll start with you. Tennessee football. Um, what did you see this past week, and 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 what what are we looking like moving forward? Um, I saw a team that I wasn't really surprised that they hung with them. I thought they hit some big plays. I thought it vindicated the fact that they picked Hendon Hooker to be the starter because you saw a guy that can hit uh, the big play and hit the guy in stride. I thought that in the second half, the, Dan Mullen made adjustments. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the country. And I thought that Tennessee doesn't have the Jimmies and the Joes to last 60 minutes with a team like Florida. But I do think there were some opportunities and some moments in the game where if Tennessee hadn't dropped balls, that it would have been a different – it would, you would have made him sweat a little more. I also think that Dan Mullen had money on the game because he punched it in with like a minute to go when the game was already over to get another point, another touchdown, and cover the line. So I'm on to you, Dan Mullen. Yeah, bump that dude. Um, it was it was 17-14 at half. At halftime, Randy, did you expect the second half to go the way that it did, or did you think – okay, Tennessee's in this, like, they got a chance. No, I never thought that. And I know that Tennessee fan, you know, oh, you should. But, no, I never thought that. I was actually at my daughter's softball tournament. We're playing in the if game to get to the championship. But Jason, my husband-in-law, was there, big Florida fan, Florida alum, if you will. So we're both kind of following the game. He's giving me an update when we're coaching or whatever. No, I told him when Tennessee missed the field goal, I said, well, that was our chance to tie. That would have been big. I said, but the second half is going to be all Florida because Dan Mullen is one of the very best coaches in the country at making adjustments. If you look no no further than two weeks ago when they played Alabama and Alabama was whooping their ass in the first half and he made some adjustments and they were they dominated Alabama in the second half. So no, I thought it was going to go that way. Plus the talent level is it's it's a lot different right now. Yeah, um, I, I, we I think we we touched on it. Last week, we, we had an idea that Tennessee would probably be in the game for a bit, and then it would go the way that it did. Um, you know, you did mention Heupel is a guy that, you know, they're, they're going to put up points under him. Was them getting blanked in the second half, was that a surprise? Or just, just them I... not, not making adjustments and, and Florida making adjustments? 
Well, I thought too, they did make a, Florida did make adjustments. I thought that Hypo called a great game. The offensive coordinator called a great, which, you know, he calls a play. So I don't think that the players executed because there were some plays they were wide open in space and they just didn't capitalize. They didn't execute. So I think that that's where you saw an improvement. That team undoubtedly is a better Tennessee football team right now than they were at the same time last year or at any time last year. So with, with that, that statement they've got Missouri this week are are they moving in the right direction with the program or is this still not at the level or is it too early to even make that that judgment I think that they are moving incrementally moving in the right direction it's too early to tell obviously but a game Missouri even though it's on the road this is a game you have to win you know, Hypo facing his old team where he was an offensive coordinator. This is a game that you should win. You should beat Missouri. Even in, when you're down, you should beat Missouri. All right, Jim, let's talk LSU, man. LSU beats Mississippi State, uh, picked up a three-point win. It was a back-and-forth game. It was, it was, I don't know, maybe closer than what some people thought or maybe mm. right, no, right it was, where it was, some people thought. It was 28-10. Um, they went into the prevent defense kind of like uh, Memphis did. This is this is all I'm going to really say, It's and it's not even going to be about LSU. Um, you know, being a part of those Mississippi State message boards, they kept talking about, well, if we didn't have all these mistakes, and so I'm going to make it as simple as this, guys, because you know this, good teams don't make those mistakes. And when you make that many mistakes, you deserve to lose, and that's what happened. And so LSU didn't make the mistakes, and Mississippi State did, and that's the difference in the game. LSU, as y'all know, I don't think is that great a team. But if you're going to turn the ball over and and make all the mistakes that Mississippi State did, you're going to lose. And so it is what it is. So it was a battle of who could be worse, and Mississippi State won that battle. LSU moves on, and as Randy stated, it's going to be a battle again this weekend of who can be worse between LSU and Auburn. So – um, the, the highlight I would say, if anything, is, is the continued uh, over the last how many ever seasons, LSU continues to have wide receivers that are just amazing. This year's uh, Kayshawn Boot. He obviously started to show it last year. Um, he's going to follow in the, the footsteps of Terrence Marshall, Jefferson Chase, OBJ Landry, all that. That's about the, that's about the extent of what I got on LSU. Max Johnson still looks pretty decent, but I would never pick him to win a big game. Man, that's that's uh that's rough. But <laughs> it, it at least it seems like they're not gonna finish in the, the cellar. If they so, can get if they can get the win over Auburn and then the win over Kentucky, at least it's better than what I was thinking after week one, because they're not gonna beat Alabama. They're I mean, I, I don't think they're gonna beat Texas AM for what you're seeing from Arkansas, they're not. Florida, I mean, so um, there's, a, there's a lot of L's in there, bro. <laughs> it's a re- rebuilding season, and, and you, you said it before, you'll take a national championship and a mediocre season. I, I think Randy would any say – day of the week. Randy, would you not say that it would be an LSU's uh, – this seems stupid, but you're, you always think big picture. It would be an LSU's best interest to go ahead and lose games. That way you get O out of there. Hundred percent. You get Lane Kiffin in there. <laughs> so it seems it seems crazy. Like we want to lose games, but like let's just go ahead and move past what we already know is the inevitable. So you you want to go? 
who would you rather have as your LSU coach? Hugh Freeze or Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin, because his offense is just that is Hugh Freeze had better offensive numbers at Ole Miss than Lane's had. I don't know, that's a tough one. He also had better play, dude. He to have he recruited Brown, those guys though, but but to have AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and Knox and all them and not do as much as he could have. Shit, they won eleven games, went to a Sugar Bowl. I mean, they're not Alabama. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. They had a lot of talent, a ton of talent, but also they won a lot of freaking games. I mean, they beat Alabama twice in three years. I mean, that's something that nobody does. The problem was consistency because I had it come up on my Facebook memories when I was there at LSU and watched Ole Miss get ran up out of there with that Hugh Freeze team and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And so, to your point, like, they beat they beat Alabama, but, you know, they lost to Memphis. Like, the, they had talent. The, the problem was over that stretch, they couldn't win with consistency. Uh, that's true. I don't know. I, I, I think – are we not giving Coach O enough credit, is he, or is he just he's not not good? He's no. I'm out. I'm out. I've never been in on him, but now I mean I'm really out on him now. <laughs> right. Peppa de Gumbo. All right. Well, let's transition to our other Tigers. Randy, you you were at the were you at the Liberty Bowl this weekend or this past weekend? I was not. My beautiful wife was there, and uh, there was only there wasn't a lot of fans there to see it. I got to be honest, very disappointed. Yeah, I'm going to get into that a little later, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if, well, first and foremost, yeah, it's disappointing. That's a game that you, you have to win. Um, I think they let the foot off the gas. They started quick, started fast, started however you want to call it, got a lot of points early, and that was it. And I don't know if that's just, Memphis losing focus, lack of coaching, bad play calling, or if that's just, you know, UTSA being the better team. I, I don't know. But um, overall, I, I think there's a lot of um, things that need to be rectified for this week, especially if I'm going to get three points from them to cover their spread. So, uh, Randy, I'll, I'll ask you first, man, is this – this loss, is it alarming, or is it just kind of where we're at this year as, as a team for the Tigers? I mean, I think that coming off of a big win for the Tigers, even though you beat a, a state team, it's probably not as good as their name says. Everybody kept saying that UTSA is a good team. Memphis is going to have to be on their P's and Q's, and they go up 21 nothing. and I think that they let off – they put took their foot off their neck. I mean, I – you know, and Silverfield made some really questionable decisions, but I mean, you can't, it's not all coaching when you're up 21 nothing. So it was great coaching when they were up 21 nothing, and then he's a bad coach when they lose. You know, there was a lot of things that happened in the game that I thought the players just didn't execute right. And he did make some really questionable calls, but I mean, that's a, that's a good UTSA team. People see the names and they just automatically assume they're not, but that's a good team. The only time it'll be alarming to me is if they go to Temple this weekend and get run. I think it, it can unravel fast because for whatever reason, people still haven't bought into Silverfield the way that they did Fuente and the way that they did Norvell. And they're almost like they're looking for a reason to just unleash on him. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And Memphis fans are finicky. They, they're not very patient people and they're not, 
there i guess the expectations are realistic but when you win you forget what it's like to have to build something well they better not forget what it was like to have larry porter well i that's for damn sure because we're in we're in a much better position despite not being in the in the conference that we may want to be in or 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 being you know courted like some of these other teams are we're very much in a better spot where we're at now than with larry porter jim just looking at last week's game you know the outcome you know it blew the parlay uh to start um anything of concern with the tigers moving forward no, I mean, the the problem is they usually have one of those games, so I don't expect it to happen again. I think you I think you got it out from underneath them. I think uh, they know what they got to do going forward, and I expect it to uh, be back to the way it should have been and should have never even had this. But, unfortunately, we know this team well enough, and this happens often every year. Or not, not multiple times every year, but it happens at least once every year they lose a game that they shouldn't. But this weekend's tough because you are big underdogs, and you—I don't know. This this is a tough one, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it, it's gonna be tough. Um, but I I got I got hope in that the players come out fired up, and there's they take the start that they had last week, and they transition it back to four full full quarters, and kind of channel some of that that stuff that you saw in that heart and that drive and that grind from that Mississippi. Do you know do you know what I hated, Daniel? The under the under storyline that had to do with what we know on in off the bench was um Morris Joseph actually getting to play and not getting that win against UTSA. Yeah. Um I mean that's 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 tough for him. And he was I saw some pictures of him and some of some of his boys after the game. Um, so it, it's probably tough for him, but I mean, at the end of this, like what, what more can you do? I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily an offensive problem or a defensive problem more than it was just bad execution, bad play calling, kind of a bad game altogether. Um, so I don't, I don't want to harp on it too long, but I, I, I was disappointed in a lot of things and. When we get to the the power rankings at the end, we'll we'll talk more about that. But uh, let's let's move on to NFL action. Um, last week, um, you know, we uh, had some good games. We had some not so good games. Um, you know, there were some things that we we were surprised about. But I'll, I'll get your your take first, Jim. Last week, NFL games. Uh, what was surprising to you, and and what stood out? Um, I mean, surprising starts with the, with the team that already played tonight, but the Bengals, you know, I did a lot of trash talk before the season because naturally the LSU guys, um, I didn't know they were a team that would handle the Steelers the way they did, um, in Pittsburgh. So to me, that's the first game stands out. And then with them winning tonight, you know, not trying to jump ahead, but just because they're the only team that has played, uh, you know, for them to be sitting at three and one, we're, we are talking about the Bengals here. And uh, so, so good for them. And then the other, <clears throat> the other one is um, I expected the Rams to win, but I didn't expect them to look that great. Um, they have solidified any questions. I know it's only three games, but 
if they are not the favorite in your mind for NFC, um, you know, I don't know what I don't know what what people are watching. Absolutely, Randy. What about you, man? What any shocks, surprises, takeaways? I'm gonna go ahead and say it because I know I got Titans fans. Listen, <laughs> death taxes and beating the Titans, and don't you worry, we got another game against some sorry ass Titans. I blame it on Pittman. You win the turnover battle three to nothing, you know, and you lose the game by nine. You got my boy Frank Wright going for field goals when he's down nine. I mean, a lot of things were frustrating, and and what they're really and it's so easy to to blame this on Carson Wentz, but anybody that watches the game, bro. His offensive line is trash. They're not protecting him. Quentin Nelson goes out. That's it. You know, he's the best offensive lineman in the NFL by all accounts. They just played the Rams the week before. He goes against the best defensive tackle in modern history and Aaron Donald and held his own. And then we don't have him the next week. So that that was disappointing. I'm not even going to say surprising. Um, I thought that the Rams looked really good. You know, the Colts should have, all intents and purposes, the Colts had the Rams beat, and they choked that game away. So, I think the Rams can be beat. But, surely, yeah, they absolutely have to be the favorite in the NFC. But I also think that we've seen this game before with Tom Brady and his Tom Brady-led teams. Regular season just doesn't – I mean, the Saints right. beat the shit out of them twice, and then they get into the playoffs, and we saw a different game. So, I, I don't know about that. I think that the Bucks are still going to be a team that's a force – Hey Randy, Amen. safe to safe to say the Packers are back and Aaron Rodgers cares. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I think he's proven what he was trying to say. He wins games in spite of his coaching staff because they did everything they could to lose that game. He gets the ball back, thirty-seven seconds, boom. It's, I mean that guy, and, and he always gets glossed over when you talk about the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I've said it forever: he is the best quarterback when it comes to arm talent. And game on the line, you got to make a play that nobody else can make. He's still that guy, and he yeah. just proves it every time and, he gets and, a and, chance. And here was the crazy part about that play, Randy. Who's the one guy that you need to stop if he's going to throw downfield? Devontae Adams. And y'all yeah. managed to let him make that throw in that catch. In the middle of the field, too. It just uh, – I couldn't – yeah, I mean, yeah, man. You know, bad teams find ways to lose. But, um, you know, I thought that – yeah, I, I was I was happy – you know, for my boy Jim here, see the Saints bounce back. That that mattered. I think that uh, I saw an interesting stat. It was about you know how they couldn't wait to run Cam Newton out of New England, and they showed the first four games of last year versus Mac Jones. First, obviously, we're talking about two different players and different times of their career. But Cam Newton had much better stats, and everybody couldn't wait hey, to get that dude out. Mac Jones looked terrible, bro. Hey. Yeah, he's he's and he's a rookie, so I mean, he, he I guess gifted a couple. Expected. He gifted gifted a couple interceptions to the Saints. Saints, and he had to work hard. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, I are, think, uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, not about necessarily the Vikings beating the Seahawks, but the Seahawks being one and two in general? Yeah, I mean, I think that that just makes the Colts look even worse because their one win was against the Colts. I think that. <laughs> They got they do have some issues. I mean, obviously you have Russell Wilson, but they and you know, you got what you, what people considered one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he hasn't really been effective. Uh, so I, I don't know. I also think that the Cardinals eventually it's gonna come back and bite them that they're getting down in these games and like playing. I mean, they obviously playing a horrible team this last weekend, but uh man, I, I just don't know if that they almost play like a college style. It, it's it's kind of weird to watch, but still well, undefeated. Right? We gonna, well, yeah, but they got the Rams this week, so you're gonna find out. 
Yeah, give me the Rams and, and whatever the points are. <laughs> put that in my put that in there. But uh, other than that, man, the NFL is different. You know, I think Jim talked about it week to week. It's something different. But I think you'll start to see it level out over the next two or three weeks. But, man, I'll tell you right now, Colts got the Dolphins this week. It's Daniel, a must win. Can you believe this man went through all that and he didn't mention Herbert? He didn't mention Herbert beating the Chiefs. I can't believe it. Hey, what? I, it doesn't even need to be talked about. Uh, hey, uh, you want to talk about an MVP? That's going to be your MVP. If that uh, team gets into the playoffs, all, you can, all that all that talk he did, Daniel, and he don't even he beat Patty Mahomes and in, in the in Kansas hey, City didn't bring it up. Let's I mean, talk about that from the other side for a second. The Chiefs. Are not very good. The defense like, is not. The very defense good. is horrible. And Jim, what's up with your boy, bro? Clyde. He's supposed to be anchoring a defense down. It's because he's on Daniel's fantasy team. Oh, like you're talking about defense. I thought you were talking about because Clyde because Clyde had some mistakes too. I don't know. He man. did. Uh, that I got I got good. I got no excuses, man. I don't know. Like, but I mean, here's the thing. Like, I feel like there's any team that can right their ship. It's definitely them. But, dang, it's going to be too late if the Raiders keep winning, the Chargers are beating team. I mean, you know, the Chargers are, you know, the close game against Dallas away from being undefeated, too. Obviously, you don't win the game. That's all that matters. But that's, that division is not bad. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. So, a lot of people aren't giving Denver any credit, right, because they're 3-0, three, they're but they haven't beaten anybody. But you beat who's in front of you, right? And 3-0 yeah. is 3-0 in the NFL, period. Oh, yeah, and, and right. It's the NFL. So, like, that, I always – I can't stand those arguments. But – I think that the Raiders too, the Chargers two and one. Well, who are the yeah, Broncos now the Raiders, the Raiders wins were all credible. So I mean, that's oh, the thing. The Broncos play the Ravens this week, so we'll see. Well, I don't know. Lamar Jackson uh, is supposedly possibly not going to play. Questionable. Questionable. That's why I had to go Joe Burrow tonight. But Daniel, man, we gotta uh, we gotta talk Cowboys, bro. They dominated. We knew they would, but you know, sometimes the Cowboys let you down. They didn't let you down this week. No, they didn't. It was it's really nice to see these guys two and one in the one game. They just gave the best quarterback of all time a little bit too much time. So I mean, you know, we're a minute thirty-five away from being three and zero. And if you said that one of our losses this year would be to Tampa, like I would be okay with that. No oh, man, they uh, won the game against the best quarterback of all time. That was Herbert. They they got refs <laughs> gave him out. And you gotta and you gotta feel good about next week because the Carolina team without Christian McCaffrey is a completely different team. That's a three and zero Carolina. Panthers. I'm gonna tell you right now that I th- I would pick the Cowboys to win, but that defense for the Panthers is legit. Hey, it, it's, it's legit. Gonna, it's it's gonna have to be because Cowboys are gonna put up points. That's for sure. Um. But uh, let's let's look at it this week, guys. You know, we got week four. We had a game tonight. First first game tonight, we had the the Bengals and the Joe Burrow Bengals taking on the Trevor Lawrence Jaguars, and the, the Bengals got the best of them. Uh, My lock pick is the Jaguars. Uh, the Bengals won't cover. I got it. Lock it yeah, in. Yeah, that's same. I picked that hey, one too. All right, good job, guys. You're gonna. You're going to catch up this week. because You had the opposite of that. You yeah, know, I had the opposite. Sorry, yeah. All right, looking at it, I'll, I'll take you guys back to last week. Jim, you had a, a, a pretty good week last week. You picked the Cardinals. They, uh, they, they covered. You picked the Broncos. They covered. Um, we all picked 
the Giants, or y'all two picked the Giants. I picked the Falcons. You didn't get points for that. Uh, you picked the Bucks. That that spread was even. You didn't get points for that. But you picked Buffalo. You picked Dallas. You went four and two this week um, to make your overall record nine and eight, above five hundred. Pretty good. Pretty good. Randy, uh, you picked the Cardinals. You also picked the Jets, which was not a good pick. You picked the Giants, <laughs> not a good pick. You picked the Bucks, not a good pick. And you pick Washington again. I don't, I don't know what the infatuation is with Washington. Never again. Not a good pick, but you did pick the boys, and, and they, they got you on the board too. So you went two and four. Your overall record six and eleven. I had, sounds a lot like the Colts' record this year. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Cardinals. Um, got points for that. I picked the Jets like a dummy. We. I, I don't know. Why did we pick the Jets, Randy? Why? It was emotional. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I did pick the Falcons. I got points for that. I picked the Bucks. No points for that. I picked Buffalo and I picked Dallas. Got points for that. I went four and two last week. My overall record ten and seven. Um, one game above Jim, and we're both a few games above Randy. So, Randy, you are sitting in the cellar. So I'm going to let you be the first to pick your game this week. Who are you going with? You going to go with them Colts over oh, the Dolphins? Hell no. Staying away from all my teams. I think if it's your stone cold lead pipe lock of the week. Ooh, it's tough. I will. Oh, what is it? So I'm I'm in between two right now. It's so I feel like I'm gonna, I'm trying to get some cheap wins. I want to pick. I can't do it. Give me Tampa over New England. All right. So Tampa seven point. Yeah, Tampa's got a seven point. Seven. I hate, that, I hate I hate that you brought that game in the mix, man. Because I've been so conflicted. Part of me thinks that they are gonna beat the shit out of the Patriots, and then part of me thinks. The Patriots are going to find a way to upset them. Like, I am, like, it seems like it should be an easy Tampa win, but I, I don't know, man. I just have this gut feeling that it could go the other way. You're you're taking Tampa, Randy, correct? Tampa. I was hoping we wouldn't bring that game in at all. I didn't want to even have to pick that. Thanks, Randy. All right, Jim, who are you picking? Tampa or New England? Well, Randy, right, you, Randy picks wrong a lot, so give me give me New England. You're gonna yeah. take New England. You, you like you like you like that, Randy. <laughs> Here's that is, where we're gonna get my. I'm getting back my lead here. I got to get back in here. Well, I mean, I got points. So I mean, you know, what is what they win by seven? We might get a push. I might get out of there with that. I'm gonna yeah. I'm yeah. gonna take I'm gonna take Tampa. I don't take think you Tampa. should. I think you, you should listen to Jim. No, not at all. Not happening. I would rather. I'd rather Jim be right with the Patriots and us lose with the Bucks than to pick the Patriots. Not happening. All right, uh, Jim, what do you got? Who you got? Give me a game. Give me the Cowboys over the Panthers. Come on, man. I'm. I, that, that's my. That's okay. my game. Okay. Okay. I'm going bold because it has to do with our fantasy game. Give me the Bills to cover the 17 on them sorry Texans, and I need Josh Allen to hit Stephon Diggs with three touchdowns. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. That's, that's, 
that's bold. Very bold. I need it he to really, happen. I'm picking it. I just I just need him to throw to Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, I saw you sneak I, him in in that. I that snuck him spot. in there just to, to hedge a little bit. But Brady's true true story. Diggs is his guy in fantasy. Anyway, I traded for him this week just so I could have him to play against him. Damn, that's dirty. All right, so you're taking Buffalo, seventeen. Yeah. Go ahead and go the other ways, fellas, so I can get another point. Go up two on y'all with them in the past. Randy, who are you taking? Are you taking Buffalo? Oh, give me the Texans. I'm not. That's too. That's way too big of a line. I'm not saying they'll win. They won't. But that's too big of a line. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go Buffalo. This could be your chance, Randy, right here. That that oh, game. Yeah. That seems oh, you wait till we get to these Cowboys Panthers. I'm getting back my points. That just seems 17, just too much, guys. You that's, got NFL, that's a lot. Man. That's a lot. All right, for me, yep. Cowboys, Panthers. Give me the boys. Given four points. Jim, who are you taking? Boys. But Hubbard's still going to get 30 fantasy points on your replacement, McCaffrey. Lock it down. Randy, you taking the Panthers? No, hell no. Not, <laughs> no, hell no. Not with that small of a line. And no Christian McCaffrey. No. Which means 100% the Panthers will win Sunday. All right. So we're doing snake style. I'll get to go again. You know what? Give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders over your your Justin Herbert. Oh, you are trying. So okay, we're trying to create a little separation here because we know which way I'm going. Yeah, that was uh, that was a strategic move. Okay, hold on, 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 hold on. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me them charges, baby. Raiders are, I mean, the Raiders are getting points, three points. That's what's up right there. All right, you're taking Chargers. I'm not, I'll never pick against Justin Herbert. All right, Jim, who, who you got? Who you Chargers. taking? Here? Ooh, man. I don't like it. I wish he would have picked with you. I got some ground to make up. All right, Randy or Jim, sorry. It was your second game. No, it should be me. No, it was. You're right. It should be him. You're right. <clears throat> give me the uh give me the Cleveland Browns over the Minnesota Vikings to cover the two. I was gonna take the Titans over the Jets, but the six and a half, but all three of us will pick that. Whereas this game, I think somebody's gonna take the Vikings, and so we'll have different picks. It won't be me. But safe to assume on the Titans and the six and a half over the Jets, we would have all took that same one. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have. I would have picked against the Titans just because. <laughs> Fuck the Titans. I should have took that one then because you and picking nah, the Jets ain't working. You and picking nah, the Jets ain't nah. working out, bro. Nah, right. I ain't doing that. All right, Randy, who you taking? You taking the Browns or the oh, Vikings? Yeah. Browns. I mean, you know. Smart 
smart logic would say like take the Browns, but I think the Vikings are going to win the game. You so you're saying is that your official pick? That's my pick. I'm taking the Vikings. Okay. Can y'all imagine if if the Ravens do in fact lose, there will be the Browns and the Bengals at three and one at the top of the North with two game leads over the Steelers and the Ravens. Oh, that'd be beautiful. I think he's trying to to talk you into your last pick, Randy. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to talk about the LSU North teams. All right, who are you who are you going with? What's your last game, Randy? Give me. Washington. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's just the kidding. game. They. That's the one they can win, though. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. Uh, yeah, you know what? Take the Lions, baby. They got to win eventually, right? Yeah. Dude. No, <laughs> only the Lions would lose on a 66-yard field goal. Jesus, man. So I think just because I'm not a huge believer in it, even though I love Cliff Kingsbury, I'm gonna go Rams over Cardinals. Rams are given four points. Randy, I didn't want to pick this one either. We gotta, I'm trying to make – cause I figure you're going to pick the Cardinals. I got to make up ground. No, I did. I benched Kyler Murray for Joe Burrow in my other league. Um, smart move. Apparently not. He only threw two touchdowns. Kyle Murray got two touchdowns in him. All right, Jim, who are you taking? Because I'm taking the Rams. Then give me the Cardinals. I'm just, just not even because <laughs> I believe, not even because I believe it. Just because I want to see if I can get a point on both of y'all. I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice. And they're getting four points. So, hey, win by field goal, Rams. Win by field goal. There it, is. there it is. All right. Any of these matchups y'all want to dig into, or, or are we good? Y'all ready to move on? I'm good. I think with it being late, we'll we'll move on. We'll get into them next week. All right. Last call, Jim. What do you got? Man, got to talk about last night, dude. Uh, there's something to be said about championship pedigree, Daniel. Uh, so Kentucky comes out gets the first two sets in women's volleyball. Got to see the guests, Zazani Taylor and, and Maddie Berezowitz. And uh, Ole Miss comes back and gets the next two sets. The crowd is electric. Um, the momentum is swung. And you could tell Kentucky, you know, they get together. They come back out for that fifth set. And they look absolutely poised. And they absolutely laid the smack down in the last set. And that's – what champions do. They've played three top five opponents already this year. Ole Miss was 12-0, and 0, but they have yet to play a ranked team. And so when you have that championship pedigree, you're made for a moment like that, and the crowd did not bother them. They actually told me after the game they thrived on that. And so uh, shout-out to our to our guests and reigning national championships. Got to watch it, uh, our reigning national champions. Got to watch it in person, so that was cool. And so shout-out to Kentucky Women's Volleyball and, and to Johnny and Maddie. Get it, get it. Um, uh, let me ask you this: Being your 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 first volleyball event live, was it was it intense? It's intense, and I'm gonna say something that's just gonna make your day. 
I'd watch it before soccer any day of the week. That hey, the way some of them them girls throw down spikes and blocks on each other, that's just fun. You, I think you're still bitter in the soccer realm about that. No, no. Watch watching girls throw down spikes at the. I, I wish there was a clock so I could see the or uh, not a clock, but uh, um one of my radar guns to see how hard them things are coming. I watched a girl from Ole Miss take one off her face and I'm surprised it didn't knock her unconscious. Said, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. <laughs> All right, Randy, last call. What you got? Jay-Z, as you guys know, founded Rock Nation and Rock Nation had a huge announcement today. The Super Bowl is returning to Los Angeles for the first time since 1993. And the halftime show, which is presented by Rock Nation, will feature Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. And so look, let me tell you, hold on real quick. Do you know? Let's, I'm going to give you guys, of all those people, guess how many Grammys they have. That's six people. One, two, three, four, five people. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I'm going to say 30. More than that. 50. 44. So of the 44, set part two of that question, who has the most? Read the list again one more time so I don't. Snoop, Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Mary J. Blige. Dr. Dre. It's Eminem with 15. So huge, huge accomplishment there for obviously Rock Nation. Uh, I think it's a huge win for and if you think about it, a lot of these halftime shows have been more on the pop side. So this is really an homage to not only the West Coast, Los Angeles, but also to our generation. That will they sing, will they sing like explicitly? That. Oh, yeah, they always do. You didn't hear the weekend last year. They don't they don't do no bleeping. Then I'm ready for Eminem. So, you don't remember Janet head. Jackson's titty? Yeah. <laughs> right, so I need Eminem to come out singing so bad. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Randy, what are the what are the odds? And is this going to be a prop bet that Jay-Z performs at some point? And then is Beyonce there? Uh, I think then, they'll obviously both be there. But it will be a prop bet. I'm going to say they don't perform. I mean, there's a lot of that's a lot of stars, a lot of star power. Hey, I heard not, a debate. I heard not a, debate. a lot of time. I heard a debate this week, guys. I need to know the answer because he brought up Beyonce. Who who is better, TLC or Destiny's Child? Personally, or like historically? I go personally. They were uh, they were debated by Yeah, TLC. See. There's not a more iconic song than Waterfalls. There's just not. Scrubs. It's <laughs> iconic, but Waterfalls, I think. I don't well, that's a great that's a great bring up there. Scrubs is pretty known by everybody. I mean, I mean, but I, we're all in agreement on something, so I like it because that's what I said. I I would roll with TLC. There you go. Just give me give me that red light special. <laughs> all right. For me, guys, Jim, I'll let you decide. You want the the not so power five rankings or the power five rankings for the week. Power Which five. one do you want? All right, we'll start with the strong guys. And and Randy, let me let me get your take on this. All right, because at number five, I got Volkanovsky and Ortega. Was that fight 
everything that I've read and seen, that fight was dynamite. But I'll ask you, being the fight guy, was was that worthy of being in the top five? Absolutely, one hundred percent. You saw some warriors, some gladiators going to battle. That's uh, that's that's that would be well worth the the price of admission for that fight, right? Hundred percent. All right, in, in the four spot, I, I had the Rams, and then I got to thinking, all right. I think I got to throw the Panthers in there as well. So I have the Rams and the Panthers in there undefeated. Obviously to me, I think it, it, it sparked a, a question in my head, Jim, what is more surprising the Rams being undefeated or the Panthers being undefeated? Panthers being undefeated. I think there was high expectations of the Rams coming in this season. But given who the Rams have played so far, I would, I would still say, I mean, the, I would because I could have just circled one game for you. I did, wouldn't have picked the Panthers to beat the Saints. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number three, Justin Tucker. I mean, when you kick the ball that far, I mean, I, I mean, it, do we do we take anything away from him, Randy, that it hit the crossbar and had to go in? Hell no. Nah. Nah. Now that just means he had great. Uh, what? Uh, rotation. It, it also told. It also told me he was good from sixty-five. So, <laughs> like, yeah, it's all good. Dude, that was the set the record for longest kick in the NFL history, and to do it for a winner. I mean, that's... I, I hated that it was a good. I text y'all this in real time. Like, I feel so bad. The Lions already got enough misery. Like, seriously, you had to kick a sixty-six yarder on them dudes. Got him. Got him. Number two, I got Arkansas, the Razorbacks. They, they beat what we thought was a really good defense and beat them pretty mightily. Um, I got a stat for you guys. All right. Arkansas is the only team in this year, calendar year, to have their baseball, football, and basketball program all ranked in the top ten. Okay. Pretty damn good. Good for them. Number one, who do you think it is, Jim? Not Justin Herbert. <laughs> it, it is. It is not. It should be. It, it is. It is the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, they continued to be hot. They ended up finally losing the game after winning 17 straight, putting themselves in the wild card, and here they are, a chance to play next Wednesday night for for the wild card. Man, it's 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 exciting. Randy, I'll start with you. Of those Power Five, anything that should be taken away or did I miss anything that should be added? No, man, I think you hit it on the head. Those are all five worthy of DB's top five. Yeah, yeah. Jim, what do you think? Did I get the approval? Yeah, you get the approval. I I would uh, I would actually put Tucker number one, but it's all good. Hey, when, when, when Tucker doesn't hit the crossbar, then he'll be number but one. I, here's the question, Daniel. I'm not asking Randy on purpose. Vinatieri or Tucker? Vinatieri. This is ridiculous. I, I knew it. That's not. Well, even, it, it became a debate uh, after he hit that. They actually started debating that, so that's why I asked. It isn't rain, a debate rain, until he does sleep. it to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Rain, sleet, He's snow, got Super Bowl rain. dome. He he can do it all. Yeah, but he, he didn't all. hit game winners to win the Super Bowl. Correct. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get to this not top. All right, not top five. First, 
or coming Memphis in at number Tigers. five. They're close. Coming in at number five, the Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever you want to call them, Angels. All right. Jim, who is the 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 face? Who is one of the faces of the Angels? Mike Trout. Who else? Otani. All right. So Otani's on record saying he wants to play for a winning team. What does that what does that say about his outlook of the club so far? And what do you think that means? Um, I think it's like the NBA and it's saying, please trade me because that team is not fixing to win anything. Yeah, and it, the, the article went a little bit deeper and that's what it hinted at is, you know, they even had Joe Madden come on there playing, you know, we're, we're playing below what we can play. But the players are saying, yeah, we're playing below what we can play, but we don't see it getting any better. Um, so you take a guy like Otani and he's not happy and he's telling you he wants to play for a winner and you're he's saying everything about you not being that or even going to be that anytime soon. Like, come on, man, you got to do better. That's that's your guy on top of the other guy. That's one of the best players in the league. So. um. Two stars, not happy, looking to go somewhere else. Mike Trout's locked up. Otani's not, so he's probably going to be headed out probably pretty soon. In the four spot, I got the Redskins defense, bro. <laughs> that defense, when, I drafted them because they were like Same. one of the best defenses in the league prior to the season, and they are nowhere to be found. So. Chase Young in the sophomore slump, bro? He's in something. That whole defense is lost, man. But um, hopefully they might turn it around this week. We'll see. But they, they, they can, definitely... can, I, can I at least say this? Um, since I watched a good portion of that game, um, Taylor Heineke continuing to turn the ball over and put the defense uh, in their own territory wasn't helping matters. No, not at all. And for those folks that say that, He's the guy. Like, <laughs> no. He ain't the guy. No. I mean, I, I, I might end up being wrong, but they they, they need the to get in the quarterback sweepstakes and lose all their games. <laughs> yeah. Um, number number three, I've got Clemson. Clemson has lost two in a row. They're reeling. They look they they didn't look very good against NC State guys. They just didn't. Um so I, I'm interested to see how the next couple of weeks fare for them because could this be Dabo making his way out of Clemson? No way. No? No. No. I do. He's got his a pass as long. He's got a long leash. Hey, which hey, which I'm not I'm not I'm not saying they're going to fire him. What I am saying is he might start seeing the writing on the wall here and go, All right, like I I think I've done all I can do here. Like so are you saying that now it's Hugh Freeze, Lane Kiffin, or Dabo Sweeney for possibly. LSU? Well, then that's possibly. easy. That's well, no, easy but no, but hey, I, but I was gonna say this: they can forget super forget conference. Even, forget hey, forget even LSU. What is the idea that they keep pitching that these guys are gonna leave for USC like that? I mean, that job while it's still, I mean, it is USC. Like for instance, to use Cle, Clemson as an example, like. Clemson's a more glamorous job than USC to me. It's just the 
the area, the profile, the the status that comes with being the coach at USC. The talent. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. part. You're in a hotbed of talent. Southern Cal. I mean, I, I'd rather like, continue to dominate the ACC, but that's just me. Yeah, he could dominate the Pac-12. Who you got? I mean, you got Oregon. Oregon, Arizona State. Okay, Utah. so they brought up. So since you said, since you made it sound as as good as you did, they talked about what if Lane Kiffin got it, got it so done impressively that he considered going to USC over Ole Miss. Do you think it's better to be at USC than it is Ole Miss? Oh, a hundred. That's yes, yes. That's easy. All right. So then, then let's go to the last one. Then, and I'll let Dan move on. USC or LSU? That's tougher. I think the talent in, in Louisiana is 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 really, really good. The only reason that I, if I was going to pick USC, which I'm not saying I am, I would say because you don't have to play Alabama every year. <laughs> that's a nice luxury. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the only thing I'm saying because I think playing Oregon every year is, is a lot easier than playing Alabama every year. But does – is the ability to be in this super conference per se – an attractive thing to get a coach at your school in the SEC. Yeah. Or, or would it be what you just said, more attractive playing in a conference that's established like the PAC 12 and not having to play some of these teams. Like it, it, and it ain't, it ain't just playing Alabama. It's right. Everybody you have to play, you know, and like it, not that the Pac-12 is easy by any means, but you got Oregon. That's that's about it. Yeah, right now UCLA is your third best team, and they're not very they, good. They beat a bad LSU team. <laughs> so, just something to think about. Number two, and I really had them at number one, but the number one deserves to be number one um, for for many reasons, but. Number two, Memphis, Memphis Tigers football, um, all the way around, all the way across the board. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I wasn't there at the game, so I, it's hard for me to, to harp on the fans and attendance, but given what, given the problem with us being invited to other conferences, all people have to do is show up against a team that is, Three and O, just like you. That's not a slouch team. They they. It's a winning. It's a winnable game for sure, but it's not like a nickel state. Um, but you don't even show up for that. You then proceed to lose the game. The play calling, in my opinion, was was not very good. Um, just a lot of things. It was a bad look um, when we needed to keep momentum moving forward so um memphis has some work to do hopefully they don't land on the list this week um would you guys agree with that yes absolutely this is a huge this is a much bigger week than last week for them yes number one randy i think you maybe can speak to this john jones number one oh man it's tough yeah. The guy just cannot get out of his own way. Like, and 
I, I think this might be it, man. I don't, I just, I don't see, I don't see a comeback. I don't see him doing anything because I don't think anybody wants him. I think he's a liability. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I think that yeah, I agree that he's a lot. I agree with everything you said, other than the fact that he's not going to get another fight because he one hundred percent will, because he's still a draw. Now he's turned into a villain. Guess what? Villains sell pay per views. That's where I'm at. And he's got the talent to be the best ever. But did you Would know you... he almost got as many arrests as he does title defenses? <laughs> that's that's a damn shit. No. Yeah, he might have to stay number one next week, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. God. And did that's you see bad. what he what they say and he's doing? You know, he apparently pulled a lady's hair or smacked her or something, and then he Spit, spit on a cop or something? It was something crazy. What a... We gonna have to get off here because I'm gonna start cursing. Because that. Hey, that just... listen. Let me ask you a question, DB. Because we saw the pictures when Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear, and the police were in the ring, and they're like, "Oh shit!" If you're a cop and you're rolling up to arrest John Jones, I mean, what wh you gotta like pull out the taser? I mean, you're not trying to wrestle with that guy. I think you you just go, hey, Mr. Jones, <laughs> could you just, please come with me? Let's let's save ourselves the trouble. I won't even put the cuffs on you, man. Just get in the back. I'd be like, hey, take can a you ride put with the, me. Can you put these on yourself? Yeah. All right, guys. Not that that's the the not so top five for for the week. Um, I think we all agree. Like that's pretty pretty solid solid list. Um, hopefully we have a different list next week, especially when it comes to Memphis. Um, but guys, any, anything else before we hit the outro and get up out of here? I'm good. Good. All right, man. I want to thank Drew Gilbert for joining us. If you like hearing us, average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like, and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anchor as always your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. Go to the website, get your gear. It's there. Any color you want, support your team, support the brand. We'll see you next week for episode five where we got Ole Miss football star, real estate mogul, Quintavious Burdett joining us. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.